and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Owl House. My name is Nobody, and joining me is the most wanted criminal on the Boiling Isles, it's Chloe. Oh, dang, you got it in one. <laughs> I tried. Uh, normally I'd ask you how you are today, but we don't have time for that because we have a bunch of guests. Yeah, so... you have two. <laughs> hey, two is more than we Four, have ever if had It is a hundred percent increase from our usual amount of guests. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be if you want to be, a, be oh, a bitch about it, you have four. There's a couple along for the ride. Wait, was my math off? And Our average number of guests is zero, so this is a dramatic. This is infinity percent more guests than we normally yeah. have. We've had guests on all of. <laughs> infinity's a different show. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> we've had guests on all of like well, five uh, times, I think, till before now. <laughs> Just off my memory. Very true. Um. At this point, you've heard them both, but uh, that first voice joining us is Jules. Hello, Jules. It's good to have you back. Hello. Well, back is strange. I only really well, formed in this head a couple days ago, but hello, yes. Fair, yeah. Uh, you might know me online as the Moonstone System, uh, and the other ones in here are Holly, who's been on the show before, and Serena. Well, I suppose in yeah. that case, it's a pleasure Woo! to have you for the first time. I hope this is... Uh, Interesting formative experience. <laughs> and of course, uh, our other friends, champion question asker Aurora Borealis. Hello. Well, Aurora Borealis? In this podcast is the time of the... Uh, I can't do the bit. Yeah, no, I, I, was, know, I, was, feeling, I was trying to help, feel, I'm feel I was about to try to help you out there yeah. too, and I was just like, I could not even think of the quote. <laughs> We, yeah, we, I, mean, I, I think of it. At this time of day, at this part of the country, at this time of year, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. <laughs> and it, in this, yeah, uh, I just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, got uh, portaled out of that uh, muscular women dimension uh, for this one episode so you could uh, have us people here and talk about all your weird adventures in the, the muscular women world. <laughs> I mean, that's I that's, so that's the plot, here, right? I miss the muscular women dimension. <laughs> now hold on, what's this dimension? Shiraz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, it turns out Lou should have asked us how to get portal technology since we have it easily, apparently. It's Despondos, they call it. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> It's the the song of the summer you know, from 2007. Given all the really weird uh, references Owl House to make, I wouldn't put it past them to make a Despondos joke at some point in the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen now. We said it. Before, we said it on the air or on the podcast, rather. And as we have established, Dana is definitely tapping into our mics as we speak. She is once again. This she is, is once true. again rewriting works. the entire script for the last two episodes for like the third time already. <laughs> This is why yeah, it's, it's going to be six months. Yeah. It's, it's going to be wild when Hootie grabs the sword and then turns into an eight-foot tall giant owl. <laughs> See, unfortunately, I did just think of uh, four more Hooties sprouting out from him to make arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's, it's, uh... <laughs> That's not out of their wheelhouse. Are, they do are, that. are the other four Hooties they would. Are the other four Hooties buff at the least so they look different than just five hooties like a starfish hootie <laughs> no no he looks like Never. a waving wacky inflatable arm tube man <laughs> is, is the port consider is the port hoodie backpack consider like, trogdor hoodie is, is the port hoodie backpack like his like barrel chest <laughs> yes okay so he's more like a mecca really than anything 
It has been established canonically that there's another hoodie inside of hoodie, so it's very uh, possible. Yep, that... You are correct. Yeah, we have seen that. <laughs> that is very much a thing they snuck just in the saying. show. That's how he breeds. I'm, I'm just saying. Did one muscular arm? So now we have to. That, <laughs> the now we need to figure out. Did that? Did our hoodie, hoodie prime, consume another hoodie between when he took his skin off and then? <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't see a skeleton within skeleton. Yes, well, we didn't see his internal organs either, so True. we know he has those. Yeah, so. maybe maybe the other hoodie was still inside the skin <laughs> when he took it off. Perhaps the... No, wait, no. Never mind. Huh. We've been back in the boiling aisles for five minutes and it's already horrifying. Hello, everyone. <laughs> in the boiling aisles is kind of a terrifying place. Listen, listen. You don't invite the Prince of Darkness onto your podcast without, without it getting kind of horrifying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's, uh, what is new in the world of the weirdos? What's going on, y'all? <laughs> well, hmm. Well, two days, listen, I don't want, two days ago I started existing, so I don't... <laughs> Well, yeah, five that's pretty days. solid. That's a good one. <laughs> um, God, I had things. Oh yes, uh, Serena watched the first episode of Columbo, Columbo last night. We we finally decided to watch that <laughs> new show, Columbo. How how old is Columbo? Nineteen sixty eight. Okay. So damn close! Really, I know nothing of Columbo besides the meme of, and just one more question. So, <laughs> yeah, that's almost it. Yes, <laughs> just one. It, does just he, one does more he thing. say that in like every episode? He says it yes. constantly. Okay. Listen, from sorry, from from one episode, he says it constantly. Okay, so this is actually more along the lines of how I was originally told that the Dora transforms at least once, if not multiple times, an episode. He also right. constantly refers to it, like just says my wife, you know, she, and then says something. Columbo voice, my wife. <laughs> God. <laughs> But yeah, Columbo's good. Yeah, it's good. I just read the... Oh, I just read the... There's like a... A Frasier... A Frasier Columbo yeah. comic. I'm going Incredible. To be honest, gonna be honest, reading that was what finally made us go, you know what, we should, we should watch Columbo. <laughs> Did make me think about watching more Columbo. But... It's very long. Meanwhile, I've just been. It's like a movie. Meanwhile, I've just been over here every watching. Time. Meanwhile, I've just been over here watching anime. <laughs> uh, to be fair, we've been watching anime too. Uh, the new Urusei Yatsura mm -hmm. has started up, and hey, the new Urusei Yatsura is very good. I can't say I'm actually familiar with that. <laughs> so you know, Rambo. Oh, 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 okay, right. The the Lum Show, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I forgot. I forgot what it's like actually like really called. I just know Lum because I always see retreats of the girl in the bikini with the leopard print. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Say, I wasn't gonna say anything that it's basically you. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I like. As someone who's decidedly not a fan of how the 
1981 anime handled things, mm-hmm. Oshi in particular. Uh, cautiously optimistic about the new one, uh, because Megane has not made an appearance yet, and that can only be a good thing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've mostly just been watching the new Gundam because it's very gay. <laughs> we also need to watch the new Gundam. It is very gay. <laughs> very gay. <laughs> I'm, I'm led to believe. Uh, it, hopefully. Uh, well, actually, I know it, it, the real purpose of Gundam is selling aerial snacks. <laughs> yes. <right>? I have liked that people have just what kind the... of embraced that joke because there is that chip brand called Ariel and people have just been putting the chips on the empty stands of the Ariel model kit. Now there's a cross-promotion. <laughs> yes, there is a cross-promotion, yeah. No, there is actually a real cross-promotion between the chip brand and Witch from Mercury. <laughs> it is, it's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> Beautiful like, it started world. as a meme, and then I guess they were like, yeah, I guess we'll lean into this, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have in particular seen the, uh, uh, the lump biting the guy on the arm multiple times now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Oshi, one of the things Oshi did was make Lum like, way more, like, innocent, sort mm-hmm. of. Like, she's just supposed to be, like, a wayfish beauty, according to this one man who is not Takahashi. Uh, and it does seem like the new anime is like, no, she sucks. She sucks and we love her. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so uh, kind of like how people agree that, like, Power sucks and we love her, or, like, Rebecca yes. sucks and we love her. <laughs> Lum is very literally an alien invader uh, whose entire society is dominated by violence um, and who is the worst thing that could possibly happen to uh, the protagonist, Ataru. <laughs> Did you think Lum was the, also? Did you think Lum was the protagonist? Yes and no, I guess, because it's like usually in this kind of anime, like the guy is the protagonist, but also you definitely see Lum a lot more than the other guy. <laughs> so originally in the manga, um, Lum was supposed to appear in the first chapter as just an example of a bad thing happening mm-hmm. to Ataru, and then more or less not appear again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a Yu Gi Oh situation, huh? Yeah. Like, oh no, this is just. I say keep... yeah, like I've watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, it was a. It was a. Yu-Gi-Oh was originally anime about just uh, a guy who who got fucked up and evil and punished people for playing card game or children's games bad. He did like demon demon mean? games, and then eventually he did like uh, a demon game that's uh, based on Magic the Gathering, and then they're like, hmm, we can make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> And they just pivoted to to that. Like yeah, but it, half well, the time, Yugi makes up his own games and they're terrible. He's so yeah. bad at inventing rule sets. It, it's it's, yeah. it's very well, it's just very funny that you described it as like he he was supposed to just be like a a bad thing that just shows up to annoy the main character. And I immediately thought of like how pretty much every single like beginning episode of Tenchi Mu is just the worst shit happening to Tenchi because like space people show up and just blow up shit around him. <laughs> At least if I'm also, again, remembering Tenji Muyo correctly. But I'm pretty sure, like, the first episode, one of those is just uh, Ryoko fighting the space cop, right? So, sorry, sorry. sorry. No oh, context. yes, I've yes. Never yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure she I, fights the Hoshian one, right? <laughs> I, I zoned out for a second. We've only watched, like, the first two episodes of Tenchi Universe. Oh, okay. That's, like, the weirdest one. <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah, I suppose, I don't know. It's the one that's come the most highly recommended. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, a lot of Tenchi is also just not that great anyway, from what I also am now remembering, because... I mean, it is just straight up a harem anime, and it's like eh. Holly. Holly should watch more. She needs more. She needs more wife in her life. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yes. I mean, everybody compared uh, Ida to Ryoko. Apparent, apparently, Ida isn't in this show anymore. <laughs> uh, she might come back in the next episode in like months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's pictures of her. <laughs> yeah, there's doodles. <laughs> What? Have you like, have oh, you seen me even... drawing of Ida on side of Milk Garden? Why, why does why does Luz not have oh. any photos of Ida and King? Really, she had well, I guess she has like one of like Hootie in the background from one of the photos she has, but she doesn't have any like actual photos of Ida and King. <laughs> Can you imagine them standing still long enough? For fair, a photo? yeah. I mean, all of her photos are mo- that she actually has are her are of her uh, witch DF. You can at least get a cute pic of King asleep, cuddled up on like the couch. Oh yeah, she's definitely got some of those like, at least. I take pictures of my cat like that all the time. You know, maybe they were all on her phone, and maybe she uh, doesn't have her phone as much anymore. <laughs> maybe she has. She has. She definitely has like physical photos of like Grom and stuff because they're in her locker and all. So maybe well, no, she like she she has her phone because the whole phone tracker thing. Oh yeah, that's true. Never mind. I'm wrong. I forgot. Turns out I forgot uh, the crucial details Unless about this. She got another new phone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it turns out I've forgotten crucial details about this episode I watched four times in the last couple days. <laughs> Some sort of magical oh, phone no. that doesn't have cam photos of Ida or <laughs> I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Uh, I mean, there is actually straight up a blunder because it's the plant glyph that catches fire almost. <laughs> Not the fire glyph, actually. <laughs> I only noticed it, oh, no. I noticed it looking up trivia for the episode where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, no, that's a plant glyph. That's not a fire glyph. Plant glyphs can catch fire if they want to, okay? <laughs> it just happened to be, it just happened to be, uh, you know, a plant that only existed uh, below room temperature. Otherwise, it's a fire it, flower it least... from Mario. <laughs> yeah. I've just been playing Pokemon a lot. I've been playing Pokemon. I finally caught up with the Pokemon anime. Ash sure is fighting Pokemon a lot. And there's like five different filler episodes. It's like, hey, uh, here's a thing. Well, you can skip it, but well, they have... here's, here's a summary of it's a tournament arc. And they're like, <laughs> well, we got to save money for the... The big battle. So here's like three different clip shows. They also need to. So that's that's fun. Yeah, they also need to fill a lot of time until they can actually premiere the Gen Nine series. I'd imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, because Pokemon really doesn't. Kind of pretty close. Pokemon doesn't really take breaks at all. Is <laughs> the thing, like it just kind of keeps going yeah. in terms of the anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I played. I got Pokemon Emerald. I I got. That that's fun. I I beat the champion. I kicked fucking Wallace's ass. <laughs> Emerald Thanks, is weird outs. to us because yeah. we always we had Sapphire as a kid and we never really played Emerald. Um, and just being like, wait, wait, Wallace is the cha- what happened? Yeah, it's, wait, it's very what? it's very strange because like they replaced Wallace with another water gym Who the leader. Fuck is this guy? <laughs> So it's like you have a water gym leader and Who you know about Juan? Where's Steven, damn it? He's in a cave somewhere <laughs> for some reason. Don't worry about it. He's looking the rocks. It's where he wants team. to be. I was building my whole team around water types to take on Steven's goddamn steel types. 
<laughs> yeah, the fun thing about Wallace is that in Pokemon Masters, uh, he's advertised as a dual type, but actually, it's a lie. He's only one type. So I think because he has a lot of uh, ice types, I want to say too, right? During no, he doesn't. But I think he has well, right? It's right? it's water type. I might mostly just think no, the dual type means he's, he's bisexual. <laughs> Naturally, oh. naturally. I might, I might just <laughs> yeah, be thinking. Yeah, I might fair. just be thinking of the iced uh, lead four person. Definitely has a Wallerine. Lorelai. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Lorelai's in Gen One. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, Glacia. Glacia has Wallerine and uh, a Sphiel. Uh, oh yeah, she has like two. Celio. She has like two Celia. She has like two Celia. There's like two I. There's two ice types in Hoenn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, she really just has... Uh, you want Frostlass? Yeah, because... Do you she... want Glalie? Oh, she doesn't get Frostlass. Do you want Frostlass again? Frostlass doesn't exist at that point. <laughs> this is Glalie. Yeah. Another Glalie. Some Walrein, maybe? So it... A Walrein, two, two it's like, Celio. It's like they learn... That's it. They learn nothing from Agatha having mostly all poison types and then, like, two Gengars and a Haunter. <laughs> Lance, poor Lance. Gengar's in a turtle power. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. why does why does Morty not have a mischievous when you fight him in Gen 2 and Gen 4? Because they didn't want to, for some reason, they're like, uh, Gen 2 was, gym leaders, we're just not going to use Gen 2 Pokemon. Mischievous was, the only, mischievous was the only ghost they added then, and he still just has all Haunters and Gengars. Yeah, but that would spoil he the surprise. He has a team of four. It's all the same. No, don't worry, you can't get Mr. Viz anyway until, like, you're already done with the game, so who gives a shit? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, hey, like, if he had that right off the bat, you'd see it and then want one, and then you can't yeah. have it, so there. But uh -huh. see, you get that again with uh, with Karen, because she has a Houndoom, and you can't get Hound Hour until, like, near uh, Celadon City. I mean, to be fair, at that point, it's not too far off, since you can kind of just wander wherever and take the gems in any order, more or less, in uh, Kanto at that point. But, like, it's still a bit. Yeah. Video games. <laughs> yeah. Pocket monsters. It's all I think about. They're in my brain constantly. Please help. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that does sound like a problem, yeah. Speaking of, welcome to Noctowl House. <laughs> the, the show about uh, a really a Pokemon with really really kind of sucks. It's just an owl. Yeah, not it doesn't do much. Noctowl is kind of Noctowl is kind of one of the lamer birds that they introduced, like the Pidgey equivalent. It does. It is significantly lamer than Hoodoot, is the thing. Yeah. Only Hoodoot advantage has it has cool is that it's shiny on. and yeah. The only, only, only upside Noctile's got is is shiny in the anime. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, I, I guess like <laughs> it does have one of the better shinies. Noctile at the least uh, is a little bit more interesting than Unpheasant, I would say, because <laughs> Pidove's entire line is just uh, it's kind of just Pidgey again. <laughs> you got burps. <laughs> See, need more burps. <laughs> Gen Good 2 didn't even that. have their own Pidgey line. No. They just used Pidgey again. Yeah, they kind of didn't, yeah. Because, like, I mean, they got their Kronona Radata with Centred and Ferret. were adorable. But, like, they can't... Yeah, they didn't do... I was actually thinking this the other day. It's only, like, two gens where they didn't have three forms for the bird. Because it was Gen 2 and Gen 3. And they don't even have a Pikachu clone. The Pikachu clone is just Pikachu, but smaller. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's also that, yeah. It's Pikachu! Yeah, it's not until Gen 3 that they really started that. 
They, they, that's why they gave us two in Gen Three. Yeah, they had to, to make up. They had to make up for time, and also because they were like double battles, right? And meanwhile, everybody's like, no. <laughs> I like double. And battles. then they don't. They give you a plusle in Colosseum, and just never give you a minum in that <laughs> game. The the game that's all double battles. Uh, you get plusle. Don't get a minum, so you cannot make use of its ability. <laughs> Whoops. Is that better? Or, anyway. Is that better or worse than Fan Rotom still having levitate to this day? <laughs> At least Fan Rotom is useful. It's eh, true. He can kind of replicate. Uh, sorry, they can kind of replicate uh, Paraflint attacks like Togekiss can, but like, it's still levitate on a Pokemon that's a flying type. <laughs> yeah, but you're not Minum or Plusel. <laughs> anyway, besides, speaking of household friend, yeah, isn't speaking of things, speaking of cute little levitate, flapjack. <laughs> uh, speaking of cute little friends, speaking, uh, speaking of birds and cute show. little friends, <laughs> flapjack. I know it's a little early, but since we are already talking about the episode, let's go ahead and dive into the probably story, should, shall yeah. we? All right. <laughs> We're able to be here, like, doing preamble stuff for, like, 45 minutes with just two of us. If we don't just focus, we are going to be here for at least an hour before we actually get into it. Yeah, our longest preamble so far was, I think, 52 minutes. So. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we had to cut that down. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot bit. of Star Wars talk um, that got cut that the listeners did not get to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of cute little friends... um. <laughs> This episode opens with the last few seconds of the season two finale as we hear King talking about how grateful he is to have Lucis as sister, and then the kids are blasted out through the door of the old cabin. And uh it's it's like the same footage from season two, except that everything that actually crying. happens in the boiling aisles is all blacked out. Yeah, it's like it's not even uh it's not changed in any way. It's just yeah, we don't see King at all, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we get one shot of him from the perspective of the people on Earth, but everything that's actually on the Boiling Isles is on a black screen, so we're not doing that this episode. <laughs> Only Earth. Um, yeah, and uh, of course we get that same scene with the witch kids appearing at uh, at Camila's house, and uh, you know, we're back. We get we the amphibia reference. Yeah, that's still here. <laughs> which... Oh, there's going to be a few People of have kind of figured out that Amphibia takes place in, like, two years before Owl House, though. So, again, it's really just a goof that it's there. It's it's not like it's, like, meant to really be taken seriously, because even if you did, you'd have to get over the hurdle of Anne Butoy. It's still drawn in a very different art style than the rest of Owl House. <laughs> Girl, looks weird. That's a problem. Girl, looks really weird. That, that, stuck that, in Frogland. Everybody's just like, ah, that's just California, I guess. We're in Connecticut. <laughs> Everything's different here. What did those frogs do to her? <laughs> Why are her lines so thin? <laughs> yeah, so um, we cut to the witch kids helping Camila clean up after dinner, and Luce heads to the bathroom to grab a box of band aids, which uh, definitely have a little witch and a skeleton and an owl on the box <laughs> yep. to make you feel bad. <laughs> You can you kind of just get over the look that Amity has in her face when she hands Camille a, a, a cup of tea, though. <laughs> She's so nervous. The, notably, notably, with the tea bag hanging off the side and the little paper tag inside. Oh the tea. wait, was it? I didn't know this. <laughs> no, I have to look back and see uh, if that's actually. I mean, I trust you on that, but I need to see it now. <laughs> 
I mean, it's very good. She wouldn't know. <laughs> She's trying her best. Yeah, I think. Um, so, like, they're going to sit down for a round table about what's going on in a moment. And I really appreciate that the fact that they're doing dishes now means that they sat down and had dinner before Camille yeah, started like, asking Camille, questions. Yeah, Camille did not immediately hound them for answers. She was, like, immediately, like, these kids are hurt and lost and scared. They they need to calm down and eat something first. That's yeah, a good thing she was cooking dinner, huh? Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> Gus has also learned some, like, telekinesis spells because he said before he only ever knew... Oh, it's an illusion. Those aren't actually floating. The dishes are still dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you, you posted the picture. Yep, you were accurate about the tea bag. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, but uh, there's, like, another... One of the pictures that they have from the, in the scrapbook is Gus doing that again, so he must have learned telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hunter swings into the bathroom to thank Luce for keeping his whole Grimwalker thing a secret and ask how she's doing, and the answer is not good. Pretty cool, keeping my own secret, and I can just keep both of these locked down until I die. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she, she blames herself for having helped Bellos meet the Collector in the first place, now that the Collector has kind of ruined everything, and uh, she's terrified that everyone will hate her for it, because, you know, it, it's that old plot again. Mm -hmm. Again. Yep. <laughs> and she was and... right! <laughs> oh. And, yeah, Hunter insists that obviously this won't be the case, and then he does drop that he knows the word clone, and I don't yeah, know how that's I possible, because this too. extremely this, recent see, etymology. So, I mentioned that I had seen, like, the first six minutes that they show that, that uh, like, panel that you had not watched, nobody, because you were trying to avoid it. <laughs> this was part of it. Like, it's basically the entire opening up through, like, when they showed the title screen of the show. And it's like, I noticed that too, where it's like, where did, where did he learn the word clone? Like, I don't think Luce had time to tell him, oh, that's what you mean by copy, I guess. But like, he, Luz, he knows the word clone. unfortunately made, made them watch all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> like, just showing Hunter that in, in, like, in private at some point, somehow, being like, look, Hunter, it's like you and all the other Grimwalker corpses that we saw. Oh, for it. Or, that, that, that king saw, I guess. They didn't see themselves. <laughs> I'm just like Boba Fett. Yeah, Hunter doing the dang, he's just like me. For real. He's just like me, for real. <laughs> uh, poor boy. Yeah, I, uh, my extremely limited research on this matter indicates that the way we use the word clone now came from botanical clones, which only started being used in the early 1900s, so it's not like Bellos would have been able to take yeah. it to the Boiling Isles with him. I don't know how he knows this like, word. I mean, we saw that he had the books on Grimwalkers, which seem like they are a known thing, especially based on like what Willow's responses later on mm -hmm. in the episode, but like... I guess it, in one of those books, it must have used the term, I guess. Even though, like, back in uh, Clouds on the Horizon, like, you know, Hunter just referred to himself as a copy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Regardless of how he knows this word now, he is freaked out because he thinks that everyone else will hate him if they know he's a clone of a witch hunter, and so he and Luce agree to a self-destructive little secrecy <laughs> pact. This surely will not destroy yeah, either. This definitely will not have repercussions later on at all. <laughs> this won't eat them That's up inside fine. for months. Just months, don't tell apparently. people things. Just don't learning tell people that, things. Learning that this takes place over the course of like weeks, if not months, is 
wild and really just sort of drives again along with the montage we're about to get really drives home that this was supposed to be like six or seven episodes see well here's the thing it <laughs> wasn't because dana at one point said that their original plan was that season three would end on the day of unity and that we actually didn't have any earth episodes planned at all that was something i read uh, ahead of this because people were like oh no all those scenes we see in the montage would have been full episodes on their own and some things in this too but it's like actually no like i don't really yeah i'm, I'm really curious what season two season two's finale would have been like maybe that would have been like loose and amity getting together in the original vision of the show and then like season three would have been basically like season two a in its continuity because it's mostly comes from uh there's what's it called storyboards from yesterday's not it's yesterday's like no i think it was clouds in the horizon where amity still has the portal key so it wasn't even like at that point that hunter had taken it <laughs> yeah it, it's kind of wild that it's like you think about that kind of stuff where it's like oh also they didn't have the collector planned at all the collector came into being when they realized they had to like make the series a lot shorter and they were like how can we manage this let's add this character i guess <laughs> it seems fucking yeah. insane to think about that the collector was not planned initially <laughs> Well, I feel like they had to be at least thought of in, like, they show up in the LB spec Yeah, story, I, I, think, I think there was a bit where they said they wanted to include the character that was, like, a little chaos gremlin, and then the collector kind of just became that. But, I mean, by the time that, like, they were doing the stuff in Season 2A, obviously they had already planned out the rest of the show based on having to make adjustments. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, at that point, the collector was definitely planned, like, before Season 2 really even started, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, just crazy to think about, but especially that we wouldn't have actually gotten a nerf episode at all if not for this. So take what we get, I guess. Yeah, so they settle in for a little after-dinner war council kind of thing, and Camila recaps the last season for us. I'm not going to go into all of it, but at the end, uh, she promises that the kids are safe here and that they'll do whatever they can to help get them home. At which point we cut down to the Noceda's basement, where Gus is just breaking stuff. <laughs> I mean, you skip the goo. Uh, he's gotten over the shock and crying pretty quick because there's bubble wrap here, and he just wants to break anything he can get his but, hands on. You skip the goo. Yeah, there was glass inside of that bubble wrap. Uh, it was a snow globe actually that I knocked over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't care though. <laughs> but yeah, we got just like a little wraparound scene of Camila walking around the house, checking on the new kids, and we get Hunter bowing and thanking her for the help and shelter and. Amity and Willow saving V from a ferocious alarm clock while ripping a hole in the floor in the process. You I, know, so growing I pains. have two things about this that I need to bring up. G Gus right? knows Luce's last name. Why does he call Camilla Luce's mom and not Mrs. Oseda? <laughs> it, 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 it seems uh, very funny that it's like, it looks like, it's a, it seems a lot like he doesn't know Luce's last name, which is why he's like Luce's mom. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he doesn't. Like, honorifics are probably pretty different between realities, Maybe. right? Maybe. I don't know. It was just funny to me. Also, the other thing I thought of, wouldn't the vine that Willow summoned be emerging from the first floor? Because anytime she uses her vine magic, it comes from the ground, and they're on the second floor, because that's where bedrooms would be. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never see uh, Kavia having to, like, get a person out here to, like, fix that hole in the ground, so I guess we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> I mean, she's got a house full of witches. True. Yeah, yeah they probably could fix it. <laughs> Something, something, Willow can mend, like, bend the boards. <laughs> oh, potentially, yeah. <laughs> it is wood, yeah. She might be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, you're using Abomination Goop in form of, like, plaster instead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that, that is not a solid foundation. No. It's I like, understand wait. that you humans have an expression called the walls have eyes. Well, hey, well, they they don't have anybody <laughs> that has construction magic here, so they gotta do what they can. Yeah, so this uh, this kind of walkabout ends when uh, Camila finds Luce in the hallway, just alone and upset, and Luce apologizes for leaving and for lying and. Camila just comforts her, telling her that it's okay and that they can talk about it later, because we are on a time crunch here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's just grateful that Luce is home, but mostly all this does is remind Luce that her friends are trapped here now. And now we get into the part of this episode that actually murdered me while I was trying to take notes for it. <laughs> Montage time. You did say yes. Yes, you indeed. did say you were a half hour into taking notes and you were still working on the montage. <laughs> you did tell me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It took me 45 minutes to get through the first five minutes of this episode of Notes. A lot of stuff happens in the montage, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so we get a, a new mix of the opening theme, which you did not hear at the beginning of this episode because it's way too long to use as an opening theme for a podcast. And uh, it's, it's mostly a montage of Human Realm stuff. It starts with the kids going to investigate the shack and very quickly cuts to the Windows Movie Maker video of Luz and Amity have created to help Luz come out to her mom, which, uh... In now, this, this channel episode, will like, say the word confirmed bisexual, to be bisexual on television, but... <laughs> yeah, so I guess we mentioned this way back during our episode about yesterday's lie about the bi flag pin uh, magnet that's on the fridge, but I guess maybe that was just in there as, like, I don't know, maybe at that point they hadn't decided that Camille didn't know yet, and they wanted to do this goofy Lumity Studios thing. <laughs> I guess, but yeah. It, it's, very, it's a little strange to think about that, but like at the same time, it's like, man, they just do not hold anything back with this little coming out scene. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. Like Gus being there with um, the silly vibe flags, making rainbows with illusions. <laughs> you know, as well as this goes absolutely is definitely not how i would have chosen to come out like if i were going to make a video i would not just stand there holding the laptop while it played you know what yeah I mean? you would probably like send it in an email of like hey no yeah this. no that's a th <laughs> that is a thumb drive shoved under your <laughs> parents bedroom door uh, yeah. and you are off to college for the day <laughs> But god, they called themselves their own ship name. Right, <laughs> <They> sure did. <laughs> I, I really wonder if maybe Hootie came up with them, they just decided to use it or something. Because <laughs> Hootie is their biggest supporter. I'm almost disappointed they didn't use Amatus just to make <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Or or use Lucidity as uh, the Disney video yeah, originally yeah. was titled. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah. I've got bad news. I've uh -oh. just recalled... In a Simpsons episode, uh, Skinners and Chalmers uh, make a movie. And would yeah, you like Chalm to know skin. what their production company is? Chalmskin Productions. <laughs> this, why are they. Is this a, why are they a fucking Brahmin from Fallout? <laughs> good question. Anyway, I'm just. I'm just. Lumity and Chalmskin both share <laughs> something. I don't know. Words. It's fucked up. Many words. <laughs> fucked up. I have to think about Chomskin. I do not appreciate having that word in my lexicon <laughs> now, no. 
it's just there now. Also, also <laughs> worth noting, worth noting, every single time they said it, and it was a running joke for the episode, it was John Skin. Oh, You're welcome, that. listeners, for this cursed knowledge, because I didn't remember this at all. <laughs> was was I that? I've never watched any of The Simpsons. Was, it was one of only two shows I wasn't allowed to watch. Was that like a much more recent thing? Because I don't remember that being like older Simpsons. Yes, it's it's like, uh, I can't name off the top of my head, but maybe like probably late season. Tw- Late twentieth season, okay. early thirty. Yeah, no, I would I would have stepped there on like it's season been, eight or ten. Do not ask me. I yeah, I, I contain far too much Simpsons, uh, video. The the last uh, Simpsons I, I distinctly remember watching ever was the movie, <laughs> and in that I mostly just like remember two that... episodes that yeah. recently <laughs> uploaded that I have not watched. Uh. <laughs> it's my sworn duty now to consume the Simpson. <laughs> you don't have to. There's, there's so much of it. The last season was really good. Was it? So, yeah, we yeah, heard like, that through that YouTuber, the Real Jims, who does all the Simpsons the real content. G- yeah, there, there, there's some, there's some dang good episodes in there. There's a now, Fargo. Homage. We are not going to watch any Simpsons from past season ten, but it's nice to know it seems like it's getting better. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you would kind of have to envision that, like, after having, like, like a whole decade of just stinkers, as people collectively agree, like, eventually they had to maybe have gotten a little better, right? <laughs> so, I guess, probably. Yeah! <laughs> Law Congra- monkeys and typewriters. Con- congratulations, Simpsons. It took you a decade to be decent again? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... So the second scene in the montage. You're <laughs> <laughs> talking more about the Simpsons than the, the fucking episode so far. <laughs> we got, we got, what is his name? Is Flapjack the uh, the bird palisman? Yeah, he's just pecking yeah. on the floor, and the, I like the I do like the rest of the palisans all looking very concerned. Yeah, like they're they're very confused <laughs> what Flapjack is doing, but it's like I mean, as we see later on, once we get past the intro, it's like even the kids don't know what Flapjack's been doing for months, apparently. It's taking Flapjack months yeah. <laughs> to find the right part of floor, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, the kids all draw pictures of their families to post up in the shack, and uh, Flapjack does this weird thing on the floor, and then we get a shopping montage at a thrift store. How, and... why, why does Hunter not draw Darius? He's his dad now. <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy being sad. I guess. He doesn't have any family. But still, you should draw Darius. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, um, you know, pretty standard shopping montage. Although I do want to note that the first outfit Willow picks is a tank top version of Mabel's, Mabel's sweater from Gravity Falls. Hunter's uh, in a chicken outfit for some reason. Yeah, he is wearing a rooster. Uh, I also want to point <laughs> it's out to match flapjack. Yeah, I mean, it, it really has to be. Uh, one thing I had that is in trivia, but I'll just cover it now since you did it as well with uh, the Mabel outfit. Uh, the hat that he has on is just straight up Vivian's hat from Paper Mario Thousand Your Door. <laughs> it extremely is. It's very hot, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Ebony yeah, transgender moments. Seemed... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna get a lot of transgender moments in this episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> many. Um, at that same thrift store, we see V create a new persona for herself because I guess they didn't want to do Plan Two's Noseda. <laughs> And 
Camila is also not wearing a pride pin, just a big old rainbow heart, which he will wear for the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's a nice, and it's a nice addition. <laughs> it's a little yeah. large for a pin, but hey, it's it, you gotta make it a little bit large so you can actually see what it is for the sake of the cartoon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we get a shot of Hunter in the bathroom as he unwraps a book about witch hunter history of Gravesfield, and then he catches a glimpse of Bellos in the vanity mirror and has a dysphoria attack and chops most of his hair. <laughs> And, yep. and then willow comes to help him with it it's sweet if horrifyingly relatable yeah he, he is um, he is the, fir- like the he... first of several impromptu haircuts in this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he is also very embarrassed but also kind of into willow helping him out <laughs> the look on his face is just he's like yep this is awkward but also yes please thank you yeah <laughs> And we see the kids try to make a new portal door, and they wire up the door of the cabin, and it just bursts into flames, which uh, V is able to get under control because she's the only competent one here. Uh, we're pointing <laughs> she's not out... Using the fire. Uh, she's not using the fire extinguisher properly. You're supposed to sweep. She was just... Pu- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. These cartoon for children. This cartoon where a giant slug from another world is using a fire extinguisher. How unrealistic. <laughs> I do want to note, uh, Gus tries to put out the fire by swinging the fire extinguisher <laughs> with the nunchucks. He does. It's good. Uh, one thing to also point out here, it's very brief and you miss it, but before the door explodes, they actually do briefly manage to make a portal to the in-between realm, because it looks just like the goopy door that uh, Luce made. <laughs> or at least, like, cl- close Impressive. enough. It has, like, the same ripple of, like, yeah, it would lead to the in-between. But it's, like, very brief before it explodes, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. I do also like that they use the Palisman to try to fuel it, and uh, I for- I forgot the name of Gus's uh, chameleon that they've said in the live stream at one point. It has a very long name, but I just like that because of the chameleon, it actually can't use the wheel because it just sticks to it. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, the uh, the next scene is one that everyone wanted, the cute dancing in the rain sequence. Yes, Luz shows Amity that it's safe and not boiling, and then they go outside to play, and... Uh... Uh-huh. Possibly worth noting, uh, they have matching pajamas because Luce has little stars and Amity has moons. It's uh-huh. cute. <laughs> it's kind of like a contradictory because they already would know that the rain is fine because they were in the rain when they arrived. But it's like they were like, "Hey, this this scene is in every fucking fan work of Owl House. We have to put it in when we had the chance." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yes, but also that was in the middle of the biggest panic attack of all yeah, of they, they pro- lives. They yeah, feel like, like they had time to Like, process. even though Gus said it's human rain, it's fine. It's like, yeah, all of them were dealing with a lot of shit, so they probably just really didn't comprehend as much. <laughs> and also, like, they had to do that in order to not die compared to voluntarily going out in the rain again <laughs> to have a gay dance. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I'm, a, I'm willing to look overlook it because it's cute as fuck. And I'm, so, I, like, when they did that, I'm like, oh, it's the thing from all the fucking fan works. Everybody wanted this. <laughs> it's adorable. Then uh, the final shot of our montage is Luz sitting at her desk, drawing glyphs into her notebook uh, among pictures of Ida, King, and <coughs> others from the Boiling Isles. But even though she taps it like old times, the glyphs still don't work in the human realm. So she crumples up all her drawings and leaves for school, which is our reveal that it has been months and is now Halloween. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> what, what wacky timing. It's Goodness, almost, I know, right? It's almost <laughs> Halloween. Now, this is also just me, but it really hasn't been all that long because uh, if we remember back in Reaching Out, that was set in like late August, 
based on the date that Kamiya had circled on the calendar that showed August. So it's really been I mean, it's like been at least it's, two months. It's, it's been close to two months, roughly, because like there probably wasn't much time between then and the day of Unity, considering that we knew that like the day of Unity was a month away at the start of season two B. <laughs> but it's like it's like yeah, it's probably been two months. But it feels it like the way the characters talk about it, it feels like they've been here for like five or six months. But I mean, to be fair, Owl House has always had like a kind of a wonky time scale in terms of what's been going on. But yeah, it's just. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it was the beginning of August and it's Halloween now, it could plausibly be three. Yeah, it would go roughly three. Yeah, like two and a half or so. But yeah, it, it just feels like it's like way longer based on what the characters talk about compared to what it actually is when you do the math. <laughs> Maybe Earth also has very weird extra months and weeks and stuff in months. <laughs> it didn't see Basha has a calendar that had like six weeks in a month, so maybe Earth also has that too in this weird continuity. Yeah, I seem to recall one of Amity's diary entries being made on the 60-somethings of the month. Yeah, so. there was one that was very weird, yeah. <laughs> I want to see if I can find it, actually. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, after the title card, we see the witch kids in the shack practicing Spanish with uh, Blue Duolingo. <laughs> Blue Duolingo. Uh, he is the best at it, which Amity does seem to resent a little, and Flapjack is still just pecking the floor. Uh, Camila comes in to check on them, and there's a cute little scene, and V shows off her Spanish a little bit, but mostly this is just a vehicle to show that Camila is beginning to be exasperated a little because she suddenly got five extra kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do... I, work, I work at a vet, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Kamiya <laughs> makes at least decent money doing that, but she still has six kids at this point. Yeah, she is the vet. She yeah. doesn't work for one. True. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like she kind of runs <clears throat> the place based on what she tells V at the end of the episode. I don't know. Maybe it, sound, it, it seemed a little bit like that to me. But I, I do still like that like V just fits in so well with the group at, <laughs> in this. Like, it's like, yeah, obviously they've also had months to, to get to know each other, but she fits in so well. And I just like the fact that Amity is still seething about her fucking badge like almost half a year later. <laughs> She's still so pissed about that from back in episode three. <laughs> Yeah, um, Amity suggests taking a break because she's frustrated by how long they've been here with no progress. Uh, case in point, weird time scale. And she's also worried about Camila taking care of all of them. So they offer to do more work around the house, but it's all in ways that isn't super helpful. Like, you know. <laughs> sure, I'm really. sewing now. He can sew more patches on stuff, but that's not like a household chore, you know what I mean? <laughs> Similarly, filling the, gar filling the garden with carnivorous plants. Not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Amity goes to close the door to the shack and suggests that they need to explore more of the human world instead of staying here. And They're a little uncertain about that since Luz is going to be in school, but Amity just points out that Luz went to the Boiling Isles all by herself and she didn't die, and there's five of them. And also, like, she doesn't mention this, but V's been living here for at least an extra month beyond them. She should know her way around at the very least. And also, Earth is just not as dangerous as the Boiling Isles. They don't really have to worry about dying, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, really. So long as you keep your ears covered and don't talk to that weird guy who used to work at the Historical Society. And yet, two of them rely on just having long hair to hide their pointy ears, when it's like a breeze of wind could easily show pointy ears. <laughs> With long hair. <laughs> also, uh, yes, I looked through it real quick. Uh, the date was the twelfth uh, day of the nineteenth month on Amity's uh, diary. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Assuming that she's going based on uh, month and then date, which it looks like the rest of them are. 
Yeah, and then um, Gus suggests that maybe some previous visitors from the Isles left stuff here that could be helpful, and Amity agrees right as she falls in the hole that Flapjack has pecked in the floor and face plants. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of that from her yeah. today. Hey, I mean, as people show, the lesbians in animation just want to be on the floor. <laughs> like, Catra does it, Adora does it, Amity now does it too. I think Cora does it a few times I as well, I think, if I remember correctly. I don't think she wants to do it, is the thing. She's on the floor twice this episode, so <laughs> she knows She knows in her heart of hearts it's her place to be. She just isn't doing it voluntarily, but she knows it's where she belongs. <laughs> I think they made her too competent in the last few episodes, so we had to give her a weakness. I mean, yes, she is not as cool as uh, everybody thinks she is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so in the hole that she's tripped on, there's some sort of, like, box thing marked with a logo that looks like a dove, maybe a pigeon, just a bird thing. And there is a map in there. Flapjack knew it was there all along, and he just kept pecking a hole in the floor instead of telling Hunter that there was something there. I don't know what or, his deal or, is, but little dude has issues. I guess Flapjack can't tap into his own palace magic to cast spells himself to just bust it open. Flapjack <laughs> just needed enrichment, guys. Come yeah, on. Yeah, he's a bird. He has to peck stuff. I'm Aww. just saying, like, he can communicate perfectly with Hunter. All he had to do was say, there's a thing under there. Yeah, but, yeah, Flapjack doesn't want to talk much about that kind of stuff. You from gotta be cryptic get... about these sort of things. Also, it I mean, important he to, to peck. It also took him months to find the exact spot, so, like, he probably was able to just rip the hole open pretty quickly, because nobody really knows that he was, like, working on it until Amity fell in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. Hunter, or not Flapjack, but instead of a cardinal, it's one of those little birds that do the funny dance to try and get out worms. <laughs> little worms. Oh, the bird, S like bird. Oh, no, not Bird yeah, of Paradise. Because they do that uh, no, for mating yeah. stuff. No, no, yeah, the little, like, sand plover looking. They, they do the funny dance. They, they do a step step back. Yeah, those, the, yeah, those birds. Oh, they're, they're right. Very fun. What are those birds called? <laughs> Well, here's it. <laughs> anyway, continue. I will find this information. Oh, I really appreciate that. And bird facts. Right, it's the, the American <laughs> woodcock is the one that does the little like dance back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Walks back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I like. And thank you, Google, for knowing what I meant by bird that wobbles back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean the drinky bird that you put yeah. in your glass of water? No, not that one. I want the one that does the funny dance. <laughs> we cut to we cut to lose having a normal one, a very normal one at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the english teacher is reading a fake epic poem called fate versus free will which is just the worst title and also this dude is wearing loafers high waters and no socks this is clearly a villain <laughs> but you probably have well, to they, they had to they when making this episode they had to edit out the sounds uh of of his feet just constantly going like <laughs> 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 We probably Monster. we probably have to include a uh, content warning for suicidal tendencies with discussing this part, huh? We're gonna have to include a lot of content warnings. Yeah, in this yeah. Episode. But I feel like this is like the first one because <laughs> it is a pretty significant and major one. Yeah. So basically, uh, he says that at the end of the hero's story, everyone's better off, and this really sets Luz off because she sees a lot of similarities to herself in the story. 
apparently the hero caused all of his own problems and hurt everyone around him, and if everyone knew what he did, they'd hate him, and uh, it would be better for everyone if he just didn't exist in the first place. So, uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Not ideal. Yeah. But what is cute is that she has L plus A sketch on to the front of her desk. Like, she, she like, <laughs> chiseled that in because she loves her DF so much. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Like, she couldn't have done that during class. It's at the front of the desk. She must have, like, stayed late. To... Yeah, somehow. Yeah, she managed to sneak in or something afterwards to do that, and nobody's, like, noticed and made her, like, mom pay for a desk replacement or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's a public school yeah that's true gonna, yeah. yeah the textbooks and the desk always look like ass in public school yeah i unless you break the walls it's in, in yeah. high school it's fine <laughs> there's definitely unless you like break the desk in half they're not gonna do jack shit th there's definitely uh, at least one textbook out there in the new york public education system that has some crudely drawn boobs that i had done <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> look for look, you always got to look for the note that tells you which page is the, has the drawing of the penis, the anatomical <laughs> penis in the, the history. The, not history. It's history. history. Look, look, watch out, watch out for the Watch out! Oh no! Fuck! You turned to the wrong page. <laughs> now you get to see John Hancock's cock. I don't. I don't know. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Our history of masturbation starts with John Hancock. <laughs> the funniest name of, an Amer of the Founding Fathers. <laughs> we are like 55 minutes into this episode. It's fine. I know. It's just that we're already getting sure important happens. about that John it's, Hancock. It was always going to be like this. I, I know. You wanted us here for chaos. That was history the explicit part of this. I mean, if if we had our way, it would have been even more chaotic because we were trying to see if we could get Mike and uh, uh, Kyle to be on too. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying to make it be six people. That would have been insane. Potentially seven. Um, yeah. So class lets out, and we learn that the mascot of this school is the wolf. So go wolves. Um, Who's briefly passes the art room where there is a very prominent sign banning literally everything she did in the first episode, and the art teacher just gives her the evil eye until she leaves. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very funny callback that I feel like a lot of people would not remember. <laughs> like, it specifies, like, no taxidermy and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, uh, in her locker, she's got all sorts of doodles and pictures of Ida and King, plus a life-sized replica King skull, and I just... That's a bit weird. That's too... <laughs> it's too bad the art teacher doesn't like her she's got talent but uh when she closes the locker she's confronted by a couple of chasers which, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. is it bad for me to point out now that they are actually based on two members of the staff in terms of their designs and also their actors <laughs> too late too late yeah. too late this, I also, is, this is a, this is a, we've officially hit the new Powerpuff Girls yeah. with that cr creepy writer boy. To, to be fair, I also <laughs> when they introduced these two, I was expecting them to actually have a much larger role in this episode for some reason, just because it seemed like they were like giving Lucy an exciting incident. It seems, but they they mm -hmm. really don't appear again. Like they're in like the background of like the watch yeah, of the festival, does... and and they're there helping with the hunted hayride, but that's it. They why the fuck names. does Lucy have a Tamagotchi? <laughs> who, who can forget such? Classic Elhaz character. Guy with fried egg shirt. And <laughs> other guy. 
<laughs> well, actually, yeah. Uh, Guy I, with septum the, piercing and his friend. Uh, I also have to point out that that, char- that character is voiced by a non-binary character, so I feel like they're also supposed to be non-binary in the show. Uh, yeah. uh, Probably. Uh, sorry. Fair. Yeah. Fair. We're being mean, Maybe, but also, yeah. like, these these two come out of nowhere. They do come out of nowhere, <laughs> Listen, and they it's are... It's very weird. They, they are a little strange. They are randos. <laughs> They come out of nowhere, they know everything about Luz, they don't introduce themselves besides saying that they're new, and they open with a hey, hey, go girl power line. Christ. It's really yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> like, especially when Luz is like, Luce... I've never seen y'all around before. <laughs> we need to learn oh, about crusty old women. <laughs> and Luz yeah. goes, goes, yes, I'd also like to hear about my other mom, Ida. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know a Christian yeah, woman once. Like, takes a takes a long sip of coffee in in her child friendly noir office. <laughs> like, there's definitely nothing official, but Luz has a lot of gender nonconforming vibes in this episode, and it just feels super weird the way they introduce these kids to yeah. her. It, it, it's I don't like, like it. <laughs> it's it's very strange because again, like. I feel like Luz already would know about the Haunted Hayride because the Halloween festival is a big deal in her town. Like, it's like, it's a well, thing yeah, that's like, We'll talk about that. She should have known a lot it, of stuff yeah. after this episode. Spe- speaking as someone who grew up in Massachusetts, it's Connecticut. Of course she knows about the Halloween festival. <laughs> Everyone fucking knows about the Halloween uh, you, festival. You say that, and yet I didn't know what the big E was until, like, the weekend that it was ending here in Connecticut. <laughs> The big E being the, like, the big, like, three statewide, uh, like, festival, uh, not festival, uh, like, county fair they do. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that until it up. almost ended. I was hoping for big estrogen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the hardest pill to swallow, but... Yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's, it's the big it's like a big Bill House challenge. Come on. Yeah, it's the big 3D printed uh, estrogen <laughs> right. pill that Fine. everybody spends around every few months. <laughs> Like, ah, yes, get your <laughs> year's dose of estrogen in one go. <laughs> if you can if you can fit it under your tongue, you get uh, the entire gender gender change uh, absolutely free. It'll be challenge, very painful. Challenge gender! Come <laughs> to Big listen, Bill Genders. Listen, if you're going to cram three years of feminizing hormones into one one night that's going to be very painful <laughs> yeah you know also you're going to piss most of it out it, your body can only absorb so much <laughs> yeah i think i think you probably just die in that scenario if you're trying to do that somehow damn just die of dehydration from peeing too much <laughs> uh, you never know until you try <laughs> kids do not try this at home we are not doctors <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> I I know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I am technically a priest, so I can recommend that you do it. <laughs> can I also, I guess, technically, because I was a former teacher, I guess. <laughs> Kids look up to teachers for like advice, maybe sometimes, right? <laughs> I need to specify, I was a teacher in Japan, and it was really more of an after-school activity center kind of deal, and it wasn't a full teacher teacher, but close enough. <laughs> Hey, whatever works. Yeah, I was still put in charge of kids, and it was terrifying. <laughs> and those thirteen-year-olds were taller yeah, so. than me. <laughs> yeah, so short version: these 
creepy new kids work at the haunted hayride and they want Luz to come out because they know all about her and her crazy costumes. It feels super weird, but the show doesn't do anything with it. So there you yeah. go. Um, <laughs> we next see them behind some cardboard operating the special effects. Yeah, and that's it. yeah, they're there and also in that wide shot where you can see like their costumes a little bit better because like one's a spider and one has just like a fake knife in their back. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even have names. They're just they're just here as extras. <laughs> so we cut to Camila driving her home with some takeout for the others, and Camila's very worried about not being able to provide boiling aisle foods for them, and asks if they would prefer to have blood, which uh you probably should have asked that three months ago, if I'm honest. Yeah, th- this We're is very again, hungry. This is again like <laughs> this is kind of a weird conversation to have in here, but it's like it also kept, it reads a little bit as like you know Camille being a bit insensitive, but then you remember that like a few scenes from now she will bring up to herself that Gus told her about the apple blood from the apple butcher, so she she's not entirely well, wrong. <laughs> like her whole point in that scene is trying to figure out their diet. Yeah, though. like that's I do like at least again she's yeah. still trying to figure out how to feed them this all this time. Yeah, later. like I mean it is like a few scenes from now, but I I will point it, I will just bring it up I do like that she actually does have like a bunch of notes like she has been t- she has been doing research for months now trying to see what these kids like best <laughs> Which it, yeah, they have to just kind of swerve around a wreck in the road and the lady that was with that car wreck reports to the cops that a deer just suddenly jumped out in front of her and scared her half to death but the kid insists it was actually a monster not that it matters protagonists do not hear this this is an aside for us mm-hmm. only and we do a pan over to a deer skeleton off the side of the road and Cre- kind of makes me wonder what Bellos is doing yeah I just don't know what he's doing with all his free time, just wearing skeletons around. It so, seems very... So right. this is something that we can talk more about later on in the end of the episode, but the way that I've heard, seen people phrasing, like thinking of this is that he's doing this to like absorb energy to rebuild his body, because he's still goop at this point, and he is until like the very end of the episode, but it seems like he's more like draining well, life from animals in order to try to build up more goop to make himself again. Like, I get it, okay? He is definitely skeletonizing animals. I just don't understand why he's puppeting their skeletons around like some sort of neck. Well, he, like pro- he, probably, he probably needs he's, to work... He's fighting against it, and then they're, uh, it's, he, he's trying to... It's like a mechanical bull. Yeah, he's, he's, like, tr- he's, he's trying... fighting against it. Like he has they they to... just happen to go into traffic a lot. Like, he has to... Well, he's also <laughs> not used to cars, is the thing, because cars were not a thing when he was left on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he literally was a deer in the headlights there because he's like, what's that? Blah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I see it more like he has to like work small and work his way up to being able to like goop people to try to absorb well, them. You say that, but he starts with a deer and then later we'll see him do a rabbit. True. So true. Not exactly moving I mean, off. at this point, at that point, he probably is just like grabbing whatever he can just to get a little bit more for his plan overall. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we cut to the Noceda's basement, where Hunter is hard at work on the sewing machine. Hard at work sewing cool. his arm I love arm that he's still sleeves. practicing this. <laughs> uh, and uh, Gus is about to go to bed, but Hunter manages to stab himself with the needle somehow. Shouldn't be possible with a sewing machine, but I guess that's Hunter for you. And he plays it off at first, but because he's distracted, he manages to do it again all the way through his finger. Again, theoretically impossible, but Hunter... <laughs> Hunter is able to uh, do the impossible in not the best ways. 
<laughs> he has made a three wolf moon shirt, which is very good. Yeah, I, I yes, did, absolutely. I, his fascination with wolves is very adorable. It's fun just him getting to be a teenager. Have you have seen fun. the art of Hunter as a wolf boy? Yes, I have. Good. I think that's actually the official <laughs> art made by one of the crew members. Because I think the phrasing was that people were like, oh, I finally get to post this. So I feel like it was like something a crew member had made a while ago and was waiting on it. <laughs> also, this is something that I thought of. Because Gus doesn't give him a band-aid. He uses, like, tape. Did he... There, there's invert... medical tape. Did he unknowingly use tape because Hunter is made of a lot of wood? And he kind of would use, like, tape for, like, painting and stuff? And, like, you know... Yeah. It's just, it's weird that he doesn't use a band-aid. Like, Hunter has a band-aid later on, but he uses a roll of tape. And it's like, you could just go up to the bathroom real quick and bring him a band-aid. <laughs> I don't know. Seems fine to me. Goodness knows I've closed enough wounds with duct tape. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, used, I've used tissues and like some regular tape if I don't have a band-aid available at times, but still. Yeah, um, so Gus is happy to see Hunter happy in the human world because someone should be. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then they talk a little bit about Hunter's life in the Emperor's Coven, or rather his lack of one, because he didn't know anyone or do anything. He just did but he was it told. was very normal. Very... I wasn't a clone. Exactly. <laughs> but he does miss it at least a little because it gave him a sense of identity. He knew who he was supposed to be and didn't have to figure it out on his own, which he does now. And Gus has a moment here. He admits that he misses his dad, but then Hunter tries to reassure him, and Gus is just immediately onto Star Trek. So, like, I do love the detail of uh, Luz's mom as a fucking spurk shipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her just being this closet of geek this whole time. But, like, I mean, Gus is 12. Like, 12 year olds are still kind of in the age where they can get distracted from stuff kind of easily. I guess, but that's just a really weird moment for him to... <sighs> but yes, it's fr called Cosmic Frontier, and it's basically a story about people who are lost and trying to get back home, so uh, I think this is Star Trek Voyager. Um... Yeah, I I've heard people say it's like, basically does Voyager. <laughs> in, in his brief rundown, Gus does kind of mention that one of the characters is a clone, which Hunter just immediately latches onto. I've got and... to feel very normal about this guy, okay? Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Us hacking our 3DS and downloading Spirit of Justice to get to Unedo, Tonido. <laughs> Gonna feel real normal about this boy. Uh, yeah, the, the instant Hunter shows even the slightest interest, Gus throws open a closet, revealing just boxes and boxes and costumes just full One of Cosmic Frontier looks like stuff. that fucking weird snake man from Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, like, tricorders in there, and Vulcaneers, and a box labeled Manny's Circuit Cosplay, so I guess uh, Luce's dad was more of a TNG fan if he preferred Commander Data, so... <laughs> uh, elsewhere, Luce can't sleep and collects Eggy from Head's Bell. She, she sort of inadvertently wakes Amity and sort of reveals a haunted Hayride poster in the process, and... Also, just a quick note, V has the top bunk and her tail sticks out from under the covers when she sleeps because she's too long. It's adorable. Yeah. Um, I I've also seen people wonder how it is that V is able to, like, transform back and forth a lot. But, like, she has easy sources of magic now. Like, I mean, I it's like it's just like, yeah, it's absolutely. like the Mori Mark comic where uh, Amity makes her abomination goop cookies <laughs> so she can eat those. It's like, yeah, no, she has easy sources of magic. It's like, 
yeah she obviously doesn't want to like drain it directly from her friends but like there's there's ways that she can get that so it's like yeah it's like it's it's definitely not you know it's it's easily more hand wave compared to last time when she actually didn't have an easy yeah. source of magic <laughs> but yes it is very it is very cute that her tail just hangs <laughs> off the bed <laughs> Yeah, this is where we get the scene of uh, Camila in bed doing uh, diet notes, and again, a little late, but like, uh, she's got a bunch of books here, and among them, she's got a book about how to feed manatees, and another one that is just called Vampire Diet, <laughs> which is either a fad diet book, or there are enough ways to say they drink blood to write a whole book about it, I don't know. <laughs> Very interested but... in that book, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> he also at least has like a few books about raising queer kids so that's good yeah one of them specifically is uh life eight binary this whole episode is basically just to like look back at how back in like episode one we were like camille is a bad mom and <laughs> for us to be like no she oh, was no. an extremely good mom up yeah, until she, that yeah. one, like right before yeah like this, this episode at least <laughs> recontextualizes a lot of that stuff to be like oh okay no she is actually a really good mom it's just that she wanted better for loose than what she experienced as a kid. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah, no, she's she's great. <laughs> so she definitely does have that uh life eight binary book, so props for her to doing research on how to support your little gender queer kid. And uh there's also a Star Wars novel in her nightstand, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess she betrayed uh, Cosmic Adventures or whatever. Also, one fucking guy in this <laughs> flashback has a Charlie Brown hoodie. <laughs> he does. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Also, <laughs> just, to, just to rewind a bit real quick, why did she not buy two more small, like, foldable beds for Hunter and Gus? <laughs> why does... Like, like they have at least a couch there in the basement, but, She's like... On a why, why does Hunter have to sleep on the floor? Like, Willow and Abby get beds. no room for another bed. <laughs> Maybe it's just outside of her budget where she's like, okay, I can get two of these... Because, you know, beds are not <laughs> cheap or anything. And Hunt maybe Hunter insisted, being like, no, it's fine. I'm used to worse. Because <laughs> I was from the Empress Kevin. <laughs> Gus, you can have the couch. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, Gus, Gus is four years younger than Hunter. He would get the couch. He is the younger kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's shorter, so. Also that, yeah. Hunter um, would probably not fit on the couch as much. <laughs> yeah, so we go into a, a, a Kamiya's dream sequence, and we start with a child who's having found a snake skin and presenting it to some other kids who are age who are playing a stack of letter blocks, and the blocks say Owl Road, and I have no idea what the significance <laughs> of that is, but it seems important. And <laughs> these kids are disgusted because they think she's got a dead snake, but she explains shedding to them, and that that means there must be a snake nearby. Uh, Camila thinks this is adorable, yeah, but the kids freak out. A snake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, because uh, specifically because Lou said, and it just got bigger because it shed its pajamas. <laughs> Again, it's adorable that, like, as Camille also says herself, it's like, oh, she called it pajamas. <laughs> it's worth noting that all these, all the characters that are not, you know, named characters have that that thing that happens in some like games where they can't be bothered to like make new character models, so they just have the faces all like blacked out or covered, so. They're just a, a face portrait that's blank. Yeah, like, they, 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 they <laughs> are like, very, okay. they are very uh, personified like, background characters where they're just like yeah, basically silhouettes of people, more or less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very ominous. Yeah, it's, it's also it's also like a dream, dream like sequence. you can't actually remember. Mm -hmm. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's like the thing where it's like, yeah, if you are dreaming and you kind of suspect it, if you look in the mirror, you will realize you're dreaming because you, your mind can't, like, replicate your own reflection in dreams. <laughs> yeah, so we move forward to the next scene, which is the scene from the first episode of Luce as Juliet throwing sausages everywhere when she stabs herself, and Camila laughs, but uh, no one else in the audience like it, and it's not for the reasons you might expect. They just it smells, smells like pork now. <laughs> <laughs> Tibbles. Uh, no. Tibbles is definitely dead. He did not survive the collector. He's not gonna. Well, sure, he got turned into sausage. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. Brown he... turned into a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> God, if, Tib if Tibbles fucking shows up, you're in an asshole, episode. Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so we, then we move forward again into another scene with the school principal, and he blames the death of Luce's dad for acting out, and, like, I didn't realize it was that recent, but though Camila tries to defend her daughter, this faceless jagoff just keeps hammering on her insecurities and how she was bullied as a kid and how Luce has no friends and how special this summer camp is and how it can help her from struggling, and, and then she wakes up. Uh, Luce is in the room now because she wants to talk. She wants to know why Camila isn't mad at her. Also, and Camila has Camilla. the uh, the snakeskin like framed next to her bed. Yeah, yes. she, she it's has it. She has. I mean, this is also a me thing because uh, I've been playing so much Zelda three in the last few months. But there's definitely two images images of snakes in the Ouroboros and the Infinity sign in this episode because Zeus has the one of the snake <laughs> in the Infinity uh, configuration on her laptop. I'm like, hmm. does Zeus support Mobius and not Ouroboros? Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Luce, no, you don't want to support Mobius. They want to persist the Ever War. <laughs> support Ouroboros. They're good kids. <laughs> yeah, there's just a cute little scene here where Camila really lays all of our bad parent concerns to rest. Uh, she's done with that now. And <laughs> took the fall of New Vegas she she knows not like that hmm? now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm in the show now. I get character growth compared to the all the whole like 90 seconds I was in the show beforehand, up until season two's uh, AIDS finale. <laughs> well, it's not like she had more than a couple minutes in that. True. Too. Yeah, that whole episode was mostly just about Luce and V until the end. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, Camille has been in the show for all of, like five minutes up until this episode, basically. <laughs> yeah, she has more screen time in this episode than she does in the entire rest yeah, of the show combined. <laughs> But yeah, she says she knows what it's like to want to run, but it's okay because Luce came home and everything's cool. And Luce talks about her fears about everyone else being trapped and not knowing what's going on on the other side. And Camila just reassures her as they go to bed together. It's very sweet. But outside, we pan across a bunch of skeletons in the Noceras backyard. They're just like right there. Uh, Bellos has been eating all the wildlife he can find and just leaving the corpses where they can be easily found and no one does for some reason. <laughs> Between this and the wow. illegal traps that Jacob was setting in their yard, I think, like, the wildlife around this house is getting pretty thoroughly devastated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in an alternate reality, uh, Bella, who, this mysterious goo man, whoever he could be, would get arrested for killing deer out of hunting season. Because a hunting <laughs> season in Connecticut it goes to, like, November to December or September to December, yeah, but only with bows, and he's not using a bow and arrow. So he's, he's hunting deer out of season. Get his ass. Uh, let's see. Uh... It's Connecticut, right? 
That's where this. Uh, yeah, show yeah. Takes... This is Connecticut. I'm actually looking it up at the moment. It looks like yeah. September 15th to December 31st is private lands. All zones. There's like a few that are only for January 1st ah. through 31st. Damn it, we can't get him on this one. Well, he's gotten away <laughs> with the crimes again. Bake him away, toys. It's very funny that you bring this up of him hunting deer when I think back to how people were theorizing that as soon as Bellos got back to the human realm, people would mistake him as a deer and a hunter would just shoot him <laughs> as soon as he got back because of his horns on his mask. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that doesn't happen. I don't think a bullet would do much to Goop Bellos anyway at this point. He's he's magic and Goop would be more funny than a man. He, he came out, got them the highway, and it's like, the path to my glory, and then he got hit by a, an eighteen wheeler, <laughs> and he yes. still he gets goopified again. JoJo Part Four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he would just have to be like, motherfucker, I gotta start again, considering that like he survived getting splattered yeah. by the collector. So yeah, and then like... of course it cuts to the four to the eighteen wheeler driven by the collector. <laughs> Or, or, or either. It's either the collector or either behind the wheel. <laughs> either way. They both say, ain't I the stinker? Remember when he had meat powers? I missed that. I don't like the goo version. Yeah, he hasn't used. He's really not used the meat <clears throat> magic since the season one finale. He hasn't had yeah. much meat to work with. Give him a break. True, he's becoming less meat at this uh. point. <laughs> He got he, he yeah. had some venison, I guess, but like not much. He kind of goes through that easily. <laughs> yeah. um, so the next day, the witch kids gear up to figure out this map thing while Luce is helping at the clinic, and uh, Gus illusions their ears to look human. And uh, this is when Hunter shows up. He has either stolen or sewn from scratch a Cosmic Frontier costume since last night. It is. I think he. I want to say it's like half Borg, half Jordy. I think yeah, he made it himself because yeah. it has the bit that has like some fluff or like thread hanging out or something in the shoulder. I feel I feel like he yeah. made this himself. That, I, that's I, padding. It's fake muscles. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think this would have been like the quality of the of outfit that Luce's dad had made, considering that like he, his like box of like cosplay said like version three on it. So I feel like he's been refining it. That it wouldn't be like this still. <laughs> and also, also, uh, you kind of uh, accidentally skipped over it a bit. Uh, Gus doesn't actually use an illusion. He just uses his telekinesis again to cover the, his ears with the hat. <laughs> he doesn't actually disguise them. Because if he did, he would have to keep it. He would have the concentration spell going the entire time, having to keep a spell circle if he was doing illusions on it. It's just he covered the ears with the hat. <laughs> with magic, because he's lazy. <laughs> I feel like there is little point in debating this, because an illusion by nature you wouldn't be able to tell, but I'm pretty sure that's what he did, so. Because <laughs> I thought, way. the way I'm looking at it, it looks like he puts the hat on, it's sticking out at a weird angle, and then he does the illusion and it flattens against his head. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I'm scrolling back to see it real quick. Uh... Anyway, Hunter touches some fucking goop. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, <laughs> yeah. he definitely just does the little spell circle, the hat fluffs out and covers his ears. It's not an illusion, overall. Because, again, he would be focusing on it all the time, like how he did in Clouds in the Horizon to mask Lucent Hunter's illusions. I'm not super sure he needs to do that anymore, is the thing. It's it's a lot. It's It doesn't matter that yeah, much, Yeah, no, but it's like... Again, like, they don't do enough nearly to cover their ears, considering that two of them rely just on having long hair. <laughs> They're not using hats and, like, hair bands like Mooring Mark thought they would. 
Yeah, I, like, listen, if I am right, then it is an illusion. There is no reason to assume that they don't have illusion ears under the hair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. If I'm wrong, then yeah, they're not doing near enough damage. Especially considering Andy must uh, face yeah. plant again in public. <laughs> it's like if she had <laughs> fell in the wrong way, her ears would have been exposed again. Yeah, so um, Hunter here is dressed as Chief Engineer O'Bailey. God! Clearly, this is an O'Brien character. <laughs> and I laughed he, really at, hard at O'Bailey the, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the point in the book where he is, the, this clone character is still in hiding, but Captain Avery is beginning to figure out what's up. And Gus says it? he thinks the captain already Do knows. You fucking and... get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hunter definitely silences him for the lack of spoilers, and certainly not because of the meta text of what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> super weird for Hunter of all characters to say, no, 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 spoilers! <laughs> and it's like, of all the characters, it's Hunter that's worried about spoilers. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Again, aside from uh, like the meta text of, yes, this is a show that people will always be like, don't talk about the spoilers as much, especially when the episode first airs, please. <laughs> I just mean, like, Gus is straight up telling Hunter here that he knows Hunter is a clone, and <laughs> Hunter is just not listening. <laughs> either way, um, Amity sends him to go change, and he's going to miss the bus because of it. But it's okay, he'll just catch up, because there is, quote, a transport worm every half hour. Is this what he calls the bus? Wait, it's... Because Veej literally yeah, yeah, just said about, the word I was about bus. To say, yeah, he's doing he it in character. <laughs> he literally does say, we're going to miss the bus. Five seconds before he says transport worm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what this is. <laughs> They've been here for <clears throat> some amount of months. They, I would feel like they would have learned the word bus by this point. <laughs> you would assume. But they take off and Willow does some life It's a regional. It's and... like, you know, if you call, call soda pop, you're not going to change it just because you went to a different place, you know? True, yes. Beca- because it's no matter ingrained. how... No matter boy, how many people, you, you just never saw any of the transport worms uh, on the boiling aisles, but they probably exist. They yeah. they have some transport worms. There's just a really big hoodie that goes to like <laughs> some other place <laughs> in, the, in the in the boiling aisles world. Well, hoodie can stretch yeah. for hoodie can stretch forever, so he could find other complete titans besides the one the titan trappers are on. I don't even know if Hootie can stretch forever. Dana, Dana has said there's no end to Hootie. <laughs> if there was no end to Hootie, there would be no point to port it, that's all I'm saying. Well, it's because he doesn't want to potentially get anybody stepping on his body or get it bothered in the, length of the way. But if he wanted to, he could stretch infinite, like infinite length across the entirety of the demon realm. Hmm. Who do you, who do you <laughs> to find out if the demon realm is round or flat? <laughs> he needs to do it. He's the only one who can. Fucking <laughs> do it! I'll see the curvature of the aisles. It's shaped like a dinosaur. What the hell? Huh. <laughs> um. So Hunter has a big trans moment here. Uh, Flapjack says something we don't understand, and then Hunter agrees, saying, quote, Maybe I'm not who I'm supposed to be, but I like who I am right now. And I Christ. Just... Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> Every yeah. queer person, especially trans people, that watching this at that point were just nodding along like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. Flapjack just kills the mood instantly by pointing out some bellows goo, and Hunter immediately... <laughs> 
But Hunter just immediately sticks yeah, his finger uh, like a hole through it, right yeah, into no, the. I like, posted. I have posted some detective code in the chat <laughs> where he just licks some cocaine off his finger, and that's how he tells him <laughs> that's Hunter right now. Yeah, no, it's like Hunter knows what the Bellows cube looks like. He saw. Never get this right up he, in my he, cut. He's seen Bellows <sighs> like have to like smash that pillar in goop form a bit beforehand, and he also saw him got smash smashed against pillar. the. He saw him get smashed by the collector. It's like he knows that this is Bellows Goop. And yet he still touched it with the finger that has a cut on it. <laughs> yeah, specifically like, that finger. It, Just it, use your other hand. It's a hands. bad idea to use any hand in general, like any finger in general. But why does he use that finger in particular? <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, you're supposed to be a smart boy. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure actually if Hunter's smart or not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> mm. This tastes just like rat not. poisoning. Oh no. <laughs> oh, sh oh shit. Tastes like Bellows disease. <laughs> mm. yeah, we got a few scenes of the others just going places in town to look for clues, starting with a lovely little witch store that I would I love to visit called the Magic love Circle. This place. Yeah, this, this place is cool. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, fun so, fact: uh, Dana Terrace. Oh, there's voice, so, the there's shop no actual, <laughs> there's no actual cool, cool witch stuff. I have a place in my town called the Witchery, but it's mostly just like books about the stuff and like tarot decks and crystals. There's not like oh, I was so disappointed. Yeah, there's the something similar in uh, Somerville, yeah. which we have recently. You can't buy, you can't buy Akko's outfit from the the, witch <laughs> a, the, the good Academia series. N N Nora Nora <laughs> Ness's outfit from Earthbound, nor May's outfit from Night in the Woods, because those are also there. <laughs> That's, or, uh, or just spoiling some of my trivia, but yeah, they're there. <laughs> or I guess I guess they got gems, but like they don't have them in like the the fun. The fun rock, the fun rock tubes that you get from it, like every <laughs> every weird gift shop. Yeah, it's they do have some Hexus Holden decks just sitting out on the shelf where anybody can find them. That's magic right there, but yeah. uh, nobody notices them before Billow and Gus start just playing with Halloween. Props well, and they're, they're just out. like they're just playing cards. Like, yeah, they're a good source of magic for V, just but like. Fucking barrel full of Spyro gems. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'm just saying, like, they have to source these cards from somewhere, right? And the entire well, point of this outing is to find magic. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, Luce probably mentioned them to this point that either got rid of her decks and that she found one in the human society back in yesterday's life. So it's like, yeah, it's obviously there from Ida, just selling them wherever he could. I mean, maybe. That's. I don't know. I I feel like that's worth investigating, but it doesn't matter because they don't notice yeah. they're there anyway. <laughs> I'm now I'm now looking to see if there's any uh, witch shops in Connecticut. Unfortunately, uh, I'm seeing disappointment because this place called the Cauldron Flame is just like yeah, it's just boring. <laughs> this place does not look like a good witch shop. It looks like just again a bunch of like silly things of like books and some crystals and stuff. <laughs> Learn to enhance your chakras by. Putting a crystal on your forehead. Goodbye. No, you got you got no you, you got to use the you got to use the crystal and another person, and you both have your crystal, so you can jack off and charge the crystal for good vibes, right? <laughs> uh, depends on what kind of crystal. It's, it's true, yes, there are various different crystals, but I remember in particular that being the one that people joke about where it comes to jack off crystals. <laughs> There's a place here in London that's 
it is a witch store, but they have like preserved animal parts for spell use, and I just I... okay. So you don't have just books and tarot decks, sure, but nobody wants pickled chicken feet. Go away. <laughs> don't some people just you know like eat pickled? Or no, I'm thinking of like pig's feet. Yeah, not chicken feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still. Yeah, so they have to flee this store, and Willow and Gus notice a statue of the Widowbane brothers, and yeah, they definitely know Hunter's deal here, but they don't say anything. I don't, I don't know. I don't, go to the library. I'm not so sure if they really know about Hunter in particular with this, because like, they they don't they act like they all seem like they're surprised when they learn about the Widowbane brothers. Yeah, story. I think this is more Luz told them about what's his face. Yeah, like, she, she's obviously told them about Bellos' Philip, and, like, they're seeing the statue there and being like, that looks like that might be Philip, but we're not sure. <laughs> I don't know, combined with the text of Gus saying that the captain, he's pretty sure the captain already knows Engineer O'Bailey is a clone, I think, like... I think that's, I think that, I, th I don't here. think that's really just Gus talking about the book, I don't think he knows Hunter is a Grimwalker. It's, I especially, do it's, think he does, just because it doesn't, like... Well, we definitely know... There's no point to that scene if he doesn't know something, you know maybe, what I mean? But, like, we definitely... Yeah, I mean, I think we, it's just making Willow, Megan Hunter way more anxious. Yeah, like. but Willow, Willow <laughs> definitely doesn't, though, because of her reaction when she learns that he's a Grim Walker near the end. That's true, yeah. yeah. It's like, maybe, maybe Gus does, and he's trying to be polite about it, and, like, maybe he's, like, trying to, like coax out of Hunter to talk about it because it would make him feel better or something, but I don't know. I, mean, I, I kind of read it like he doesn't know. It's been a while since I've seen the television show. Is there anyone that, like, any reason for Gus to reason to believe that he is? I think it's... it's, it's people think... People made up... Like, people came up with this theory back at uh, Kingstide because of when he uses the illusion to make Bellos relive his worst memory, it's showing flashes of when he killed Caleb. And people thought that maybe Gus had, like, seen that as well and realized that that was Hunter. Like, maybe, like, he could see Bellos' guilt over that and, like, knowing that, that like, all the clones he's made are, like, of Caleb and that's what Hunter is, but... I think it, mostly. I think it comes from people seeing like Gus's reaction afterwards, but I think it's really more just Gus like getting almost like immediately mur murdered by Bellos as a result, because <laughs> Bellos is being uh, yeah. Gus it's, is casting yeah, really uh, power is just... word traumatic memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these wit stores in Connecticut suck. I guess gotta say I'm looking at I've looked at like five or six of them. They all suck. This is not what you want. <laughs> Hartford, Connecticut, so you are being sad. disappointing. <laughs> I'm sure the library won't be disappointing. I'm sure they're going to learn so many important details at the library. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get so much information. Oh, I, sh I sure oh, hope so someone is going to trip on some fucking candy. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, like, it's very... It's a good idea. The librarian probably could help with the map puzzle. Amity wasn't busy introducing herself to the corpse of a dead card catalog. Um... <laughs> I don't think they yeah. necessarily like flee from there unless it's like Amity and Fort like makes them leave as soon as she face plants. But like pure embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, like she's like, we're leaving. I don't care that we didn't get any information yet. We're going goodbye. <laughs> Listen, I'm in library school, and I know enough about referenced librarians to know that you don't just say no, I don't know. You do some research. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Amity probably was like, okay, nope, let's go. <laughs> I have made yep. many of myself. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, so they head to the zoo where they have to steal themselves before entering the giraffe exhibit, and 
We don't hear anything, but Gus gives what appears to be a formal introduction, and the giraffe refuses to help, so they leave as uh, Willow snaps a picture and it reveals itself to be a horrible bug monster. Um, and we have a scene at the Snack Safari Shack where Gus has gotten a plate of nachos, but no one else has food for some reason. I, I think he got oh, for Gus. I think, I think he got that for them to share. I don't think he got it just for himself. <laughs> He puts those nachos in front of himself. They are not in the middle of the table. Fair. <laughs> Our move. He bought them. He's going to have the lion's share. I really wait, also... Okay. I mean... So wait, 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 wait. They used real human money for the nachos, but they gave a snail to the the witcher. <laughs> don't, think, don't think about I it. I guess maybe because they're like, magic. oh, <laughs> illusion $20 bill. Like, I, ho- I hope uh, they at the least got their money's yep. worth and went around to the rest of the zoo rather than just going to the giraffes and then leaving the entire zoo afterwards. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, you think about, like, zoos in America. Zoos in America are, like, 20 bucks a person. They are not cheap. 20, yeah, it's, Especially sure. in, like, what the is last, essentially... The last time I went was, like, it's, like, 40 bucks for an entry in, in the one in Houston. Let's see. Uh, I know that Gracefield <laughs> is not necessarily... Hartford, but I'm curious to see Hartford Zoos to see what the price would be. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Doing live research here. Can I get Squirtly Zoos? The first one that shows up. And... Anyway, uh, <laughs> that hilarious scene where they just stare at an owl and they're like, what the fuck is that? It's like the, the, the bear Some scene kind of in Avatar. Fucked up bird. <laughs> the, the, like a platypus bear? Or... God. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no. Just an owl. $19 to get into uh, Beardsley Zoo here in Hartford, Connecticut. So I was kind of right. Like, roughly around 20 bucks a person. Well, that's like 80 <laughs> bucks for all this. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe it might be like $10 well, admission I, for maybe kids. Uh, to be, oh, to uh, be fair. No, wait, no. That's adult admission. It is 12 and older. So guess what? I have to pay $19. See, we didn't get to pay 15 for child. <laughs> So, so yeah, no, they they, are, they, are, they they paid, with those nachos, they paid $80. I hope they at least went around the zoo a bit more rather than just seeing the giraffes and then being like, all right, I, uh, what now? I guess we leave. The giraffe is separated into its own little thing. It's yeah. like, they, <laughs> while the giraffes were quarantined on Earth, they have been further, further quarantined in the zoo. It's not around anything else. It's it's like an SCP. They're They're containing this thing. It's not around yeah. the other animals. Also, I'm just saying, like, those nachos are zoo food. You know they cost at least 15 bucks. Yeah. Fucked up. Uh, yeah, so um, they're, they're all a little down, but V realizes where they have to go, and she was kind of hoping to avoid it on account of all the trauma, you know. But the Gravesfield Historical Society sure did have a lot of magic stuff, so... They head there, and she hesitates before going in, and Willow does reassure her that she doesn't have to come, but she insists on it, and uh, they burst in the door, and we are reintroduced to Masha, who is now the person in charge of this place ever since Jacob got fired for inserting himself into the exhibits. Uh, this is also where we learn that Masha uses they-them pronouns, and have non-binary flag fingernails this time. Um, I'd, say that, I'd say that this is a lot, but Holly has definitely painted her nails in the trans flag color before, <laughs> so you know what? I mean, just based on my own style, this isn't enough. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Masha, uh, you gotta Masha. step up your game then. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was just popping off when I noticed the... the I mean, I saw the... Uh, 
the plaque first, and it's like, oh, they them pronouns, and then I saw the nails, and I was like, ah, I'm not paying attention to what they're actually talking about. They have the nails. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and regular them because I was too uh, too infatuated with the fact that they have a character that is even more explicitly non-binary than even Rain when Rain was first introduced. <laughs> pity that we don't. Pity we'd never get to actually see V's other two friends at all and get like any of their information. No, there's a picture of them on the wall. Yeah, God, but, like, we, is, we still we still don't know anything a... about them though. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not, e I'm not even sure if this is, like, a meant to be a thing, but... So you know how, like, the two tufts of hair, quote-unquote, on the side of V's head are, like, their ears? <laughs> um... Hey, one's sweating in this shot. <laughs> I feel like that's... That's some supposed... sweaty hair you have there. I, I feel like that's just supposed to be as part of her entire head. She has the little, like, anime sweat jots and not just the ear itself, but it is pretty funny to think of it just being the ear itself. <laughs> that's a mind of its own. <laughs> I do want to note very briefly that Masha here is actually the first human non-binary character Disney has ever had, ever. Uh, Rain was technically their first non-binary character, but they're not human, so it yeah. uh, doesn't count. Yeah, um, <laughs> like Rain is like technically like it's it's technically they both are first because Rain is the first like character at all, and Masha is the first that's actually fully a human. Even though Rain is also, and I guess a that gets complicated if you assume that those chasers from before are also non-binary, but like we don't have confirmation <laughs> of that. So. Yeah, I we, don't like we that only... we're calling them the chasers. <laughs> We only Honestly. get we only yeah. get parts of confirmation in terms of the one being voiced by a non-binary member of the crew. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Masha just immediately recognizes V, despite the whole shapeshifter thing, and she does play it off a little bit. But uh, it turns out V is crushing on them super hard at this point. It's very cute, and uh, Amity takes advantage of uh, V short circuiting and venting all her life energy out through her ears. <laughs> while Masha explains that uh, this is a rebus puzzle, and uh, as well as what a rebus puzzle means. I'm not yeah. going to give you a play-by-play -play of that, because solving visual puzzles as an audio medium is the least exciting yeah. thing you can imagine. But, so, uh, thank you, know, Arahat. They hit all the... They had this source of internal power in the uh, sort of puzzle you'd see in the back of a cereal box. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but thank you, Arahat, Please, for teaching me what find, the word is. <laughs> to find the Titan's blood, you must solve the infernal maze! <laughs> It's just a whole. It's just a lot. This is a Mad Mag and Mad. This is a Mad Magazine folding puzzle. <laughs> it's like it's it's the, it's yeah. a Monty Python thing of what is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color? <laughs> but yes, but thank you for teaching me the word. Oh, no, I did not know it. <laughs> to find the Titan's blood, you have to solve these math equations and whichever. Oh, uh, whichever letter it gives you, and then if you put them all in the number, it's going to give you the location. <laughs> oh, I hate those worksheets. Well, I guess we're stuck here forever because math. <laughs> uh, I yep, can't do long, long division. Happen. Fuck! And I have to show my work too. Ugh. <laughs> why is this old map that's been in here for like something like four hundred years need me to show my work? <laughs> this paper is just like, no, I've got a brain put in me, bud. You got to show me the fucking work. I'm not gonna do give you, it to you for do brain. you remember the smart notes? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember PEMDAS and how to do logarithms? If not, fuck you. What's a logarithmic equation? <laughs> I remember the order you do it, and I just don't remember what the fuck you do with it, because I remember the follow your heart method that my uh, 12th grade uh, math teacher taught me. I don't know what the fuck you do with it, I just remember you do that in that order. 
I don't know if any, I, I don't know if anybody else knows the follow your heart method, but you draw like half a heart, and that's like that's what the order of like you do like use like this number with this number, then that number, and you're done. Math is weird. I don't know if I yeah, math is math, math right is weird. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So Gus and Amity and Willow are able to figure this puzzle out pretty quick now that they know what kind of a puzzle it is, and V is very impressed with their teamwork. Like, never mind that they each solved it individually and. Mentions that they must have been best friends forever, and that leads to a little awkwardness. Cough, but, cough. Uh, they... <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of admit it and talk about how nice it's been to spend some time together, and then we see a scrapbook of memories from the past couple months. Uh, highlights include Willow being extremely unamused by Hocus Pocus, uh, a beach episode that we didn't get to see, whitewater rafting, a uh, 50s-style diner date for Luz and Amity, Luz teaching the gang some spell glyphs, and uh, V just making some empanadas. It's cute. So so they all take a selfie together to add to the book. And uh, I, I really don't like this part of the episode. This is the weakest part, IMO. Because they just happen to be standing in front of a map that looks exactly like the map that they've been trying Christ. to solve. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's almost like it's a map or yeah, something. Yeah, it's a little bit of a contrivance. I do, I do have to... But also, the map that they're trying to solve has a dotted red line and an X on it. It's almost like it's a map that leads you to where it says it is. Look, the, these, like, look, you don't these, need the Rebus to solve this map. These kids seem to be smart. We've established this. <laughs> Listen, I, it, was I, the, it was the something hundreds. They, this was... This it was, was like yeah, it was like it was like sixteen, sixteen, thirteen. I think it is based on what. This is like the closest we get to like an ARG. <laughs> yeah, this was this was really four hundred and uh, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, and Dallas yeah, is also not the smartest person. So, yeah. maps. <laughs> I, I do have to ask real quick. The two pictures of them at, at the drinking the milkshake is Abby's reaction because she realized that she was being photographed, so she's embarrassed about it, or is it because she got a brain freeze and didn't know what the brain freeze was? Oh, she got. She realized she was getting photographed. <laughs> that, that's how I read it, but I've to, seen more people clear, think that it's her said, getting a brain freeze. <laughs> to be to be clear, when I said Apple Maps, I mean the practice of peeling an apple and tossing the rind into the air, finding the line it makes. <laughs> ah. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think it's a classic Ami Burger moment, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but less creepy, because it's taken by her girlfriend and not some random dude. We take pictures of you <laughs> while you eat. <laughs> also, Amity is not hiding her ears in that they're clearly at, like, a milkshake parlor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, See, you can you just be a freak self ears, says the person who's looking at getting prosthetic vampire teeth to wear whenever. <laughs> yeah. You don't need you don't need to be in the fifties, see? You don't need to have a milkshake with your girlfriend. Maybe you it's just one of the racism, didn't you? Maybe it's God. more that like, you know, it's again it's twenty twenty two and like a lot of people just be like, Yeah, I guess she's just like in cosplay or something or you know, she just wants to wear elf ears because she wants to. Why not? Again, we've covered this on the show. Elfier surgery is a it thing is, you can that get. Is true, yes. it is Which also does explain get. Stone Ocean quite a bit. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I still probably should watch that. I've never seen any JoJo. It's a show. It, uh, things happen. <laughs> it's bizarre. Hard to argue. Yeah, so they decide to to tell Luz that they figured this out at the haunted hayride for some reason. I guess it'll everyone's be a got secrets <laughs> <laughs> for no real reason. Yeah, 
And we cut over to Luz flipping through a book in the break room at Camila's vet office, and apparently it is called Happy Pets, uh, a geese here under a heat lamp. This, I guess, is just a book of everything that can possibly come out of eggs. <laughs> She's trying to guess what her palisman will be. That's uh, made out of pictures wood, you of ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying out the wood. What are you doing? I'm trying. I'm, 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 he- I'm keeping the, sere- the, the Fabergé egg warm so it will hatch into a Fabergé chicken. <laughs> hmm. And uh, the book has pictures of a bunch of stuff, and Luce also suggests that her palisman might end up being a bird or an octopus, which, honestly, I feel like we can rule out literally everything that was in that book and everything she talked about, because for... this is Dana screwing with people who try to guess what it is again. <laughs> I mean, well, you know. Did she have a snake drawn? She doesn't say snake. There is, a, a, snake drawn. There is uh, a snake in that she book. She has drawn a snake? Uh, yeah, but... she doesn't say it out loud, but she drew then it. I guess, then I guess the fun fan theory of it's just a snake that's been called around and asleep for so long is not gonna happen then as much as i, I mean, like it, it might well, i mean like a lot of a lot of snakes yeah, it could be a red herring i don't know it's well i mean it's not gonna be a snake can, now because they can go with the obvious podcast. answer sometimes you know? True. yeah i mean like everybody did like basically figure it's out called that, symbolism like, yeah deal with it <laughs> yeah i mean everybody's foreshadowing yeah everybody not everything has to be a twist a jerk. pretty early on <laughs> But I mean, it's not going to happen now because we said that it should be a snake, and Dana's on the listening in, and yeah. of course she's changing it as we speak. She's already running to the studio to change it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to oh, be. I don't know. It's not like it's going to be a platypus. Like when we were going God. week to week. Harry the Palisman. Fuck. <laughs> if only. Yeah, no, it's not like when we were going week to week. Dana's got, like, six months to fix everything. She might even wait until the official release of this episode. <laughs> if Eggy does um, not hatch until, like, almost the last scene of this show, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind, considering we still already have to wait <laughs> till 2023 for Eggy to potentially hatch at all. <laughs> yeah. Knowing, knowing the show with how much they've teased this fucking talisman so much already, it's like, yes, that's gonna happen. It's gonna be in, like, the very end, when Luz desperately needs help or something. That's when Eggy will hatch. It won't be next episode. It'll be, like, the end of episode three. <laughs> You know, fucking going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, other things worth noting, uh, there's a poster of Hot Pop on the bulletin board, and Luce has a sketch of Polly in her notebook. So, <laughs> yeah. again, more amphibia. There's so much amphibia. No spurg in this episode, though. <laughs> yeah, true. Hunter didn't get to bring his spurg plushie at all. He didn't get to save him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he left that behind. Yeah. Yeah, so she has a little bit of a moment of doubt, just, like, worrying that maybe she made a mistake by carving an egg, and maybe she messed up her palisman's life, too, by trapping it as an egg. But uh, Camilla comes in and asks how the lamp is working. (laughs) Damn egg council. Luz does claim that this heat lamp is working well, but, like, there's no material difference, and also she's been using a lamp at home. There's nothing special about this one. I don't know why this conversation happens. But, uh, they're ready to go, so Luz stands up and inadvertently puts her hand on a plant glyph in the journal, which starts to catch on fire. <laughs> because I had to, po- weird, because but... I had to point out that they made a mistake and drew a plant glyph and not a fire glyph in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a little odd that we just kind of cut away, and also the outfit she's wearing in this scene is just the genderqueer flag. Like, 
they're not even trying to hide this. <laughs> no, no, fuck you. I don't want Eggie's final form to be Eggie that sprouts legs. <laughs> no. <laughs> or how could you? <laughs> I, I, I know I know nobody has also like shown me a picture of uh, Egbert from uh, the Garfield and Friends show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I want this to be an actual animal or something. I don't want it to just be an egg with legs. <laughs> but knowing this <laughs> show, it will be an egg with legs. <laughs> Fuck. So <laughs> You see, it uncoils and Hootie's there. <laughs> it says, oh, it turns out when you let a palace decide for itself when it wants to be, it grows another Hootie. <laughs> it's like carcinization. <laughs> there is one step, and it is Hootie! <laughs> yeah, um, so between some of the stuff we've seen earlier and this genderqueer flag thing, I kind of wonder if this is one of those, like, Moose is non-binary, but Disney won't let them say that because she's the main well, they character. they didn't let them say bye out loud, so... Yeah, there's that. I mean, like, they let Luce, like, actively, like, have a girlfriend and have the presentation that says, hi, I'm bi. So it's like, would they really <laughs> stop, like, the main character from being gender non-conforming, really? I mean, Luce is already gender non-conforming so much as it is, just in her design and, like, like attitude and stuff. I mean, honestly, it's Disney, yeah. I think they absolutely would. I believe that they would have a serious problem with a character who changed pronouns over yeah, the course of the I, show. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I could see it like that. They're like, no, it'd be How too are we gonna market the, the old kids. toys? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, either way, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying it for sure. I just that that's the feeling I get from this. But uh, back in the basement, uh, Hunter is freaking out because he saw Bellos in the mirror. He's mad at Flapjack, kind of demands to know if his bird buddy knew Bellos was here. But he calms down pretty quick because he realizes he shouldn't be taking out taking it out on his little friend. And then um, I'm sure glad that they're working. What he does out. is. <laughs> It's uh, it, the thing is, is that he then traps Flapjack in a birdcage, promising to keep him safe from Bellows. But like that would be the easiest way. He's doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> would be the Bellows way is for a Bellows liquid, to my get dude. Him. You've just served your friend up on a platter. Yeah. <laughs> Note to the listeners: promise not kept. No, <laughs> Flapjack will be fine forever. Nothing bad will happen yeah. to the poor bird boy. Yeah. So he intercepts Luce as she gets home and takes her to the cabin, telling her that he saw Bellows and. He's pretty freaked out, and while she's not super sure that Bellows is even there, he's really nervous, and she suggests they can wait for the others to get it's back. Not this convenient he demands mask and owl mask that have just yeah, that's <laughs> like yep. Literally, the moment he mentions that he is braver when he's wearing his Golden Guard mask, a pair of masks that are just exactly Hootie and King just blow <laughs> into the path. To the near point them. where the King like... one has the horn reattached. <laughs> Like in a uh-huh, cave, yeah. it, got, it got knocked off at some point. <laughs> so yeah, they put the masks on as Luce says they can use those to bring back a little confidence, and that's the end of the episode. You gotta wait till next no, week. No, you don't. Get done. This one I'm taking over. <laughs> uh, I thought I was taking over a few seconds, uh, sentences earlier, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, they uh, go ahead and just bust down the door with Hunter having a rake and Luce having a bat to beat the shit out of the bellows. And I love Dead they- Rising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, just very funny how just more progressively throughout this episode, Luce becomes more like Beta Luce because she now has her bat. 
It is just and the it is, yeah. Well, she's had the beanie for like the entire episode past the intro, but like now she has the the bat that's like the more like wider like wiffle ball kind of bat. It doesn't have <laughs> whiffs on it obviously because you can't use them here, but it's like it's, it's straight up like yeah. Like here's Beta Loose for the rest of this episode until she can put on her costume. <laughs> but yes, uh, they go around and check some rooms, but don't find any sight of him. But for some reason, I don't know why they haven't noticed that this door... I guess they just haven't, like, really gone past, like, the main room of the shack, but they haven't noticed that there's a door still covered in some old wallpaper. But... Yeah, there's also steps that go upstairs. This is a whole dang yeah, house. Yeah, like, they this is not... a house house, and they have only gone through, like, the main room, which I guess they don't need as much They've space. been in the living room yeah. this whole time. It's, it's really just their, like, hangout space, I guess, for, like, trying to figure out stuff about the door, so they haven't bothered with any of the rest of it. So yeah, they go in there, and that door leads down to the basement, and they find a cabinet in there shaking, only to find just a possum inside, with no bellows at all. And they're just both relieved to have not found him, and Hunter just, you know, is like, oh, I guess it was just in my head. And he just says that he just wants to, you know, be sure to keep everybody safe, and Lucy agrees and extends the same to him, because she calls him family now, which, uh, she, which is why she has to protect him too, and... This is the first, like, the first time that Hunter really just fully cries in this show, I think. I forget if he's cried this before. This mask is very sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yes, that Hunter has experienced exactly what everybody that is taking COVID seriously agrees with, because everybody, everybody's, everybody's had a mask get end up gross because they've seasoned it at some point, but he's crying into his. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's just happy that he's finally found people that care about him. He's a good boy. <laughs> And they go again. Transfield. Yeah, yes. Found <laughs> yep. <laughs> he has his family. They go to head off to return home, and as they go back up the steps, neither of them notice that Hunter Shadow has Velus's two distinct horns on his head. Because <laughs> uh, why would you touch the goop if you're exposed? <laughs> Cut, Hunter. You idiot. <laughs> you dumb, dumb, good boy. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh. Back over at uh, Lucy's house, they find the others playing their costumes together for the hayride. And Gus surprises Hunter by showing that his costume is Captain Avery from the books, and that he wants him to be Chief Engineer O'Bailey. <laughs> Which hey kids, where'd you find uh, where'd you find all that Star Trek stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, like oh, the basement! How wonderful! I'm gonna spend the entire night down there burning things. <laughs> I, I like how people have compared this to just, like, the bits where Luce has tried to, like, play off not being a total dork at other points, especially back in season one, where she's like, yeah, no, I'm totally cool, yeah, no, no, Camille is just as much of a dork as her own daughter is. This is, like, not as salient, but I do just want to point out that Willow finds a set of vampire fangs in this box of old Halloween costumes and puts them in. Uh, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, that is gross. Yeah. Like, she, she, she says that she wants that she wants to experience the weird human traditions that they do, but, like, yes, also, that is gross. Willow, please, don't have been in the basement or the attic for a year. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> But yes, uh, and also you don't know who last. Also week. that yes, you don't know when the last thing, time these things were cleaned. <laughs> it could have been loose wore them like last year and has not washed them because <laughs> we should probably forget to. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, I everyone... wore them when I had that uh fucking mono. Infe- it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Willow definitely does not know what mono is. She doesn't know human diseases. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, uh, Amity says that she wants her and Luce to go as Azura and Hecate, of course, because she's also just a full dork. <laughs> and I I really don't know why she puts on a bit of Good Witch Azura 2, the betraying for effect here, but she just does Well, anyway. I mean, it's to, like, the the bad guy keeping a secret who looks like Luce is well, why. Yeah, it, it is exactly for that reason, but Luce, uh, Amity really doesn't have a reason to turn it on. <laughs> like, Luce knows who Azura and Hecate are. She knows that this is, like, yes, this is what she wants to do. Well, like... I'm sorry! I mean, the point is that she wants the costumes to be based off of those specific movies. Hey, I'm, true. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, I need to talk about some of these uh, things under the TV. Uh, aside, yes. aside from the Nintendo <laughs> swap, uh, there is a DVD or a Blu-ray disc that a bite has been taken out of, like uh-huh. it's a donut. Yep. Uh, and uh, there's so- that movie, that, that you know, that one of the cars in the fire uh, rage run. Instead of yeah. Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that too. Uh, there's also a BS4 instead of a PS4. And uh, so B- I didn't realize it about the the disc that's been It's a reference way back to uh, Bring It Like Witches. Because when Luz took out the Azura DVD, Gus thought it was a shiny cookie and wanted to bite it. So he definitely got to bite a shiny cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that was Gus who did that. <laughs> Must have been. I just want to say, uh, the villain in uh, Good Witches Zero Two, the betraying, is named Villainous Lucy, and Christ. Uh, that's who I am now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Lu- Lucy is just like yeah, like obviously Lucy's outfit is just entirely uh-huh. based Villainous, villainous Lucy. Lucy, right? Yes, yeah, so Zara calls her Villainous Lucy, not just Lucy, the betrayer. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. she is the betrayer. <laughs> but yes, uh, Villainous Lucy's outfit is just straight up reference to Lucy's like multi track outfit. It's just different colors, and she straight up has an eggy staff <laughs> that has spikes on it. It's just very obvious that, yeah, like, Phil, as though I should mention, the brown Garfield mug that <laughs> she, that Luz's mom has. Gorfil. It's, it's Gorfi. He's ambivalent towards Tuesdays. I'm pretty sure his name is Harrison. <laughs> Named after another president no one remembers. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, so that that's basically the entirety of that scene. It's just the them making their costumes, and yeah, Luce obviously sees herself as villainous Lucy, because she, but she's betraying her friends by helping Bellos, and she feels guilty about it. Uh, and later that night, Luce can't sleep once again, and goes and sneaks off to the kitchen with her laptop oh, after she gives Amity a very, like, loving look, because, yeah, she's she's got <laughs> bad stuff planned, unfortunately. Yep. And she goes and records a video diary explaining how she just wanted to be good at something which people liked and that she saw becoming a witch to be that because people would obviously like witches living in the demon realm and stuff. And But she made too many mistakes and put a lot of people in danger as a result. And she reflects on what her mom told her earlier about learning from her mistakes and she of course obviously leaves off saying that she knows what she has to do now but we don't see the rest of that because we immediately cut to the Gracefield Halloween Festival the next night. <laughs> I do have a couple notes mm-hmm. about her computer real quick. Yeah, they're, they're in my trivia as well, if you just want to cover it now, too. <laughs> okay, well, the main one that I want to talk about is that we get a look at uh, her Twitter handle, uh-huh. which is at Friends to Owls and Titans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess she got right on that when she came home. Exactly, huh? yeah. 
I mean, it's probably unlikely anybody had that or thought anything like it. So yeah, yeah she immediately caught on to that. Uh, it's also adorable that like it's because she uh, drew that background of her anatomy herself because she has like do not steal <laughs> part, like watermarks and stuff on it. Did you, did, I guess since we're already here, I'll just also mention she definitely has references to Stardew Valley, Hollow Knight, and Hades yes. on her oh desktop. Which is, it's I mean, really... she doesn't have a reference to Hades. Well, well, she just straight up has Hades. How, how that, can like, we the... tell them that she's bisexual? Hades. <laughs> well, the I, it's, <laughs> it is, I mean, because the thing is that Hades is, like, not a trademark name because Supergiant can't put a trademark on an actual, like, deity. <laughs> but the, I, the <laughs> icon is at least changed. It's not the three skulls, but it is services, three heads. So it's close enough. <laughs> but it is just, it is very funny to see, like, Moon Farm Valley and holler night and it's like meanwhile just hades we didn't like ch- had to change it's not like hades or anything <laughs> that like it didn't change the name at all it's just hades because they could actually use that name <laughs> so, i mean like there's a very easy they could have just gone with pluto you know <laughs> yeah like same guy different yeah i think it's a it's a very i don't know it seems like a, a frog clair style joke just like <laughs> of, yeah. dumb pun you know getting rid of copyright and then just like in hades yeah it, it is it is kind of funny but again it's because obviously supergiant can't put the trademark on a deity's name <laughs> like hades is just a name people can use it's not something you can actually own check out my hit video game jesus but this just confirms that uh loose is basically just me because those three games are great and i play those <laughs> they're good games uh, yes. Uh, if we don't have anything more of that, we'll continue on. Uh, Camilla drops the kids off, and Luce asks her mom about helping Z with the trick-or-treaters, and Camilla notices that she seems a bit off, but she just brushes it off as being too excited that she couldn't sleep, because, of course, Luce, please talk to your friends and family about stuff. <laughs> don't hide stuff. You've learned this lesson, like, three times already. <laughs> you don't need to learn that again. Very unfair that V doesn't get to go to the festival I am, though. Yeah, like, you would think that, like, she would be like, yeah, I could go in my slug form, because nobody's gonna fucking know. <laughs> it, would, it would have been fun if you were around just as a slug and people would be like wow your costume's so lifelike I was like yeah I worked <laughs> in it for a long time <laughs> wink but yeah it, it's a bit of a bummer that V doesn't get to go along with this but at least you know she'll get to do stuff later on in the episode at the least still and be cool uh but yes uh, Amity tells the others that they'll keep the news about the blood a secret until after the hayride still kind of just arbitrarily <laughs> But at that moment, Hunter hears Bellis' laughter off near the woods. And when he asks Flapjack if he heard that, Flapjack has a very worried look in his face and shakes his head no, that he didn't hear it. So Hunter once again brushes it off as uh, just must be in his head as he hides Flapjack in his clothes. And... Right, this is where uh, you see like a little bit of the goop crawl up in the back of his neck that somehow nobody sees. I don't know how nobody he knows this. <laughs> he's gooping. I mean, I did see it. That's well, problem. yeah, but none of the kids do. None of the kids see that he's beginning to morb somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you said that nobody saw it, and I agreed. Yeah, I guess. Oh <laughs> yes. Uh, this is, like, one of the weirder scenes in the episode, I think, because I don't really know... Like, I get that they go and watch the Mock Witch Trial because that's part of Gracefield's history. I don't know why Gus interferes with it. <laughs> like, I get that, obviously, he doesn't really know the full context, but I definitely don't know why he's just breaking the masquerade entirely by casting a fucking illusion here. <laughs> like, obviously, he, yeah, obviously he has no context. Facts. No, 
obviously he doesn't know Bellus is like creeping around like Bell like Hunter does and all and potentially lose a little bit. So like he doesn't know that But he does know that witch hunters come from this. He planet. does. He does know that witch hunters came and lived in this exact town four hundred years ago at this point. Or like I said, he'll know that in like a few minutes time, but still. There's really no reason why he's getting involved with this thing and using an illusion to make the Inquisitor be the one actually concerned with demons to let the lady go in the reenactment. <laughs> Because also, I mean, like, eventually that illusion's gonna disappear and that guy that has the goat legs is gonna be freaking the fuck out about stuff. <laughs> like, like, even if even if he doesn't think about it being actual magic, Gus has scarred this man for life, definitely. <laughs> but it's a real, it's a real Toy least... Story moment. With, with yeah. Sand. Yeah. Or, or, like, the toys, like, definitely, like, visibly moving the the cones, like, the traffic cones in the second movie, when, like, people driving cars would notice that these cones are moving somehow. <laughs> but, yes, uh, immediately with that happening... Uh, uh, there's... Oh, there's there's a person dressed as Grime in the uh, audience. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, more amphibian. Yeah, there's more amphibian. <laughs> Again, no Sprig in this episode. We get a person dressed as Grime, but no Sprig. <laughs> What's going on? Why does Sprig hate? Sprig will, sh- Sprig will show up in... Uh, House season three episode two. You have my guarantee. This is the only logical conclusion. He's gonna yeah, be an he, actual character. Yeah. For all we know, yes, he is just out in the demon realm. For Sprig all we know and the kid from Big City Greens for some reason, and it's gonna be a whole crossover for some hey, reason. I, I mean, and then they're gonna disappear for the third episode and never I mean, be Sprig, Sprig, Sprig and Ivy went off to go explore that under that newly discovered continent. Turns out it's actually just the demon realm. It's just the boiling Isles. He's just gonna be there in the next episodes. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have even more hair now, weirdly enough. I don't know how the frogs grow hair. That's one thing that always weirded me out about Amphibia, that the frogs have hair. <laughs> it's moss. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's funny for me to focus on that, not the fact that, like, the female frogs definitely have boobs, which frogs do not have. But sure, it's whatever. Moss. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. You gotta establish <laughs> that this frog is a girl, so she has tits, I guess. <laughs> they have witches. She can do magic HRT if she wants. Uh, that's true. That's true. Mag- Maggie can uh, give people booze if she wants to. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but getting back to Animal House. Uh, once Gus does that, uh, Jacob from the uh, Historic Society is in the crowd, and he shows up and just rips Gus's headset off while being like, look, it's an actual witch from Mars. He's come to take your teeth and all. But you know nobody believes him because it's Halloween, Gus, dude. It's Hall- yeah, get, get yeah, it's Hall- a costume man yeah it's ha- it's halloween like everybody brushed that off the security team just tackled him to the ground also he's already noticed the local kook so yeah like everybody just immediately brushed him off he's taken away by security it's done <laughs> so we I mean, yeah even if it wasn't on halloween you can't just run around grabbing children. yeah he can't <laughs> even even if the i guess he's the only one that knows that Gus definitely did magic and nobody else does for some reason <laughs> They just think that this know. random Halloween fair has very high production values. I mean, it does, to be fair. It has that whole, like, <laughs> hayride that we're gonna get to. Yeah, I've... Listen, that hayride is made of cardboard and flashlights. But better than most hayrides! It's, yeah, it has, like, animated stuff in it. Like, that they can, like, make some of it, like, fall off and, like, for effect and everything. It has way more production than most hayrides would. Is, is, is a hayride just sitting in a, a carriage? You're behind a loud tractor and people yell at you. It has been our yes. experience. That's that's yeah, I've never, I've never been on, but that's basically what they are, yeah. It's just you we get driven near like a field. It's and stuff. dark and you're in a field. 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't even get his scary stories or anything like that? No. No, not Lame. really. <laughs> yeah. Lame. But yes. I'm gonna go I'm gonna jump off. If if I still lived by the woods, if I still grave. lived out in the fucking woods, it would be much scarier to just go out into the woods on Halloween night. Yeah. <laughs> no, the woods are, the woods are scary on any night like that, that, that when it's dark. It doesn't even need to be Halloween in particular. The woods are just scary when you don't have enough light source. <laughs> oh yes, uh, speaking of Hayride, the kids go to the Hayride to go on that, where, again, Masha's there helping volunteer with it. And they proceed to tell them what they call the eeriest unsolved mystery of Gracefield, which is that of the Beber's Withabane, which of course the kids immediately go like, uh, that's fellow, so no, this is gonna be bad. Brother uh, murder! I actually, I, so I went ahead and like re-listened to this whole spiel like multiple times just to write it verbatim, because I feel like Masha does a better job of describing it than I could, just trying to summarize it. So I'm just gonna reread it verbatim, because I have it all right in here. Uh... It's, it might sound a bit weird because I don't have the production value of an actual voice actor, but oh well. <laughs> uh, the year is 1612. Two orphan brothers arrive in Gravesfield. Their names Philip and Caleb. Caleb did his best to take care of his younger brother. They tried to fit in with this town and its unsavory practices. They became witch hunters. Local lore suggests that the brothers Whitbane met a real witch from another world. Her name was Evelyn, and the older brother was spirited away. She dazzled him with magic and visions of a strange yet beautiful place. She used a secret code to travel between worlds. Philip set off to save his brother and bring the witch to justice, but neither were seen ag- ever ah, never neither were ever seen again. Maybe Philip saved Caleb and they went on to live peaceful lives, or maybe he's still chasing his brother caught in a cycle of horror and strife. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, like it's like it's uh I mean obviously we mostly do this already just from like context and seeing like the background stuff in Hollow Mind, but it's like it's it's weird that this is just common knowledge in the town, especially yeah, especially like, especially when like it's like it's treated more like oh this is something people wouldn't really know because like Jacob has that old book that shows there was a second brother, but then like we saw the statue in the same episode that showed there was a second one anyway. Yeah, it's it's but the other like Lou specifically is super into witches and magic and junk. If this is just public knowledge, I don't understand why she didn't know this story yeah. before she went to the Isles. Yeah, it's very strange, because it's like, you would think that she would know this, and then immediately, like, she would know, oh, yeah. like, there's another human that went here, she obviously, I need to try to track him down. No, she wasn't. <laughs> like, she's specifically famous for having impressive and good Halloween costumes. <laughs> you would think that she would have been at the Haunted Hayride last year. Uh, maybe, maybe the Haunted Hayride was different, and now that they actually have, like, teenagers running it, they're like, we gotta make this actually neater by just telling a spooky, scary, <laughs> scary story rather than just having people scream at you. <laughs> but yeah. But I do like that Masha finishes with their own version of events, where Caleb just ended up getting a hot witch DF, and his brother was annoyed. <laughs> so it's a very goofy way to just surmise that, like, yeah, it sounds like he just got a hot witch girlfriend. <laughs> But yes. Uh, I mean, the dream. Yeah, yes, I do actually have it in here. Uh, my note here says verbatim they finish with their version of events of Caleb getting the hot witch DF we all want as the Hayride ends. <laughs> we all want that. Yeah. Uh, God, if only. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah this next, the next Hayride's going to be really weird. Some guy's going to jump off. They're going to find a weird grave that has a clown head. They're going to put a, a token in it. It's going to set him in an evil devil carnival. And it's gonna be a whole, uh, you know, like I don't know what you're referencing. Horn yeah, definitely not. Is a 
It is a, a light gun game. It's been it, the chilies I went to a lot as a kid, and it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it is a horror clown game where you fight like zombie carnies, and the, the, the opening takes place on a hayride, and a guy just jumps off, goes to a grave. Yeah, it's this. It is. It is a. It is a, a staple of the genre, and I hate looking at it. Darn <laughs> evil. That sounds like a game that would be a Chuck E. Cheese. What? No way. No. Not a Chuck E. Cheese. Not a shooting game. They have they they, they have like some like shooty games and like Chuck E. Cheese yeah, and places like, like that. They have light gun games. Yeah, but like I guess I'm mostly thinking of like a, the it's they a, have it's a gory Oh, okay, yeah. Now that I see, now that now, yeah, now you show show this picture. But I guess I'm mostly thinking along the lines of like usually like places like Chuck E. Cheese would have like the uh the Jurassic Park like gun game where it's like you sitting in like a replica a replica of like the car like the Jeep or whatever, and it's mostly just you trying to shoot like raptors and T Rexes and stuff. But I mean those those like gun games were also never good. They're all just garbage. <laughs> like even that, I don't know. Chuck E. Cheese tries to be so much more family-friendly, younger audience. Yeah. I don't know if they'd have that. That sounds more like a Dave and Buster's thing. I don't know, I feel like I'd expect pretty... this at a Denny's, but not from a family establishment. <laughs> I feel like I've played <laughs> no, the Jurassic Park one at, at Chuck E. Cheese in particular, though. And at my... the... the movie theater by my grandma's house. And well, I, I didn't like to look at it. But it was always playing, <laughs> and I'd see it plays the intro over and over again of, like, the scary... Devil Carnival emerging from the ground. It was fucked up. Uh, nope, <laughs> I am correct. I googled Chuck E. Cheese Jurassic Park like gun game. There are multiple pictures of this like gun game being yeah, in Chuck yeah. E. Cheese's. <laughs> yeah, I recall that. I right. My memory is correct. I've not been to Chuck E. Cheese since I was like maybe 14. <laughs> I don't know why I remember this from 20 years ago. But yeah. But I do. But yes, yeah, getting that. Leave the, <laughs> the thing. No, no devil clown antics. Just nope. goo devil antics, perhaps. Yeah, as soon as they get off the hayride, Hunter definitely at this point now sees an outline of Bellis in the woods. Quick, we need and... to go, Lewis, we need to go to the woods alone now. <laughs> yeah, that, very smart idea. The boy that we, well, I guess we never actually see Hunter use magic in the human realm. We actually, we never know. The, we never know. I mean, Lewis can use Flapjack to use magic, as we'll see shortly, but like, so I guess he could have done that, but he never did. It's like, yeah, let's have the two people who are not, like, 100% witches go look for Bellas instead. Because, yeah, he pulls <laughs> he pulls Zeus aside to tell her what he saw, and he concludes that Bellas must be here for the blood, and then Hunter is the worst at keeping secrets, <laughs> in particular to Luce, because he spills the beans entirely about how the code that Masha mentioned in Cerebus they found, and that points to Titan's blood. And Luce... I feel like it's justifiable in this moment. If you think that Bellos is here, true. you can't keep yeah, that secret. Yeah, true. Yeah, you need to be like, yeah, if he's here and he's possibly looking for it, we need to actually like get on the shit right now. And also, I mean... No, admittedly, he should be telling that to everyone. But... Yeah, he should be. Especially because, like, I mean, Abney's plan was to tell Luce about the Rebus after the Hayride anyway. This is after the Hayride. <laughs> like, you could have just been like, all right, here we go. And also, oh... Yeah, no, he sees Bellows. We gotta get the shit sorted out. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, Luce does not make good decisions. <laughs> Ever. Nah, never. 
Uh, but yeah, Luz does want to know why nobody told her, and Hunter says that they wanted to do something for her after all that she and her mom does for them, and that Amity wanted to be a surprise, and Luz just kind of awkwardly says that that's so sweet of her, but again, she and conspires with Hunter to get to the blood first, just to be sure. Again, you have three friends who have magic of their own, why would you not get them involved with this, especially when you know that Bellos is a big goop monster, and it was hard for you to fight him last time. Eh, <laughs> uh, Luz. Yes, uh, Hunter seems that she, like sees that she doesn't fully believe him yet that Bellus is back, so he has Flapjack go and take the Rebus from Amity's pocket, but Flapjack doesn't want to do that, and so Hunter repeats himself with a lot more force and a blue glow to his eyes, and his voice reverberates in a very menacing way, which scares Flapjack into helping. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> normal. Nothing bad going on with Hunter now at this point. It's really to sad that this is. Like, you know. Yeah. All this shit just keeps happening to Hunter in particular. <laughs> well, like... This is the last conversation they have. Also true, yes. This is... Well, he does... <laughs> well, no, he does at the least still say thanks, Flapjack. He, he does thank him before Flapjack goes back inside his, like, shirt. <laughs> So it's that is not sufficient to no, conversation. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely still not, but it's like at least that's the last thing he says to I mean, spoilers, he, that's the last thing he says to Flatjack. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's bad. Luce at least does call him out on being hard on his palisman and like he, he panics and he's not sure what came over him with that. But Flapjack does successfully steal the rebus from Amity's pocket and the two of them run off into the woods to go find the blood. <laughs> uh it's I just, uh, again, realized that I still have, like, two fucking pages left in my synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote too much. <laughs> even, even writing Masha's story verbatim, word for word, did not actually take up that much space. It just seemed, like, a lot longer because I had to read it myself. <laughs> like, honestly, there's maybe 12, 15 minutes left in the Yeah, episode. but it's so funny. much, still but, got two but a lot happened. <laughs> so much happens in this time. I... I described the fight because it's actually pretty short and easy to describe. It's not like how we've kind of glossed over all the other fights because they were too complicated. <laughs> and also because good stuff happens. But yes, uh, we gotta we gotta go. Uh, at the Nasada household, V's falling asleep on the couch as Camille begins to clean up, and she almost trips over Luce's bat that she just left on the floor because Luce, please put your shit away. Uh, but manages not drop Luce's laptop in the process, which I also don't know again why Luce's laptop is just on the floor. Maybe they were using it to watch movies or something. Uh, but in her effort, child. yeah, uh, just tosses her shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, but in her effort to make sure the laptop doesn't fall, it, it somehow opens and just activates. I guess because Luce doesn't use a password or anything. Windows so Movie Maker. <laughs> Here's all my secrets. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it just immediately starts playing back some of the older video diaries. I'm quirky. I'm sad my dad died. I'm gonna yeah. stay in the human realm or the demon realm. What? What? One of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I kind of breeze through it because I do have them written a lot more, but there's so much more to get through. I'll just kind of go through them quickly. Yeah, like, they, the first is just, like, uh, from when they moved into the house, which it, Camilla told her is because it looks, looks nicer, but Luce thinks it's because it's a better hostel for her dad nearby. But then, like, the next one is just, like, in the immediate aftermath of Manny's death because Luce is saying it's the worst week ever, but that he left her the first Azura book, which she ends up loving and has a bunch of Azura decorations all over her room, which was before, like, really bare bones because I guess Luce didn't have time to really do anything with it before her dad got sick and passed away. <laughs> uh, at one point, she's allowed to just buy, apparently, a very real sword from an anime convention and fucks up her hair with it because she wanted to try to use it to cut it. 
Who also got a soul leader poster at that convention? Yeah, she has a spoof of soul leader as a poster, God. and she also has there's so uh, much for- shit. I forget, uh, I forget. It's like domicile spiritual valor. Like that. Domicile yeah. sinister four. Yeah, yeah it's just it Resident came Evil from 4 the dirt. Poster. Night of the Zombie yeah. Sharks. <laughs> yeah, so it's very goofy that Luz at this point, who is like twelve or thirteen, was allowed to play Resident Evil Four. I guess Resident Evil Four is not as much horror because <laughs> it is like when Resident Evil started getting more actiony, but still. Probably too young to be playing that, Luz. <laughs> but yes, uh, but the second last one is Luz from before, right before episode one, where she's bummed out that her mom's already put card, and that she's like, you know, is saying that she is trying to apply herself, but is just frustrated because, again, the American school system does not accommodate people with, like, different ways of learning and stuff. But she thinks that her book report of her life snake will assure that her mom won't have to worry about her ever again. And then it immediately plays, like, near the end of the one she recorded the previous night, where her plan is to stay in the human realm permanently as her way of, like, learning from her mistakes. And Camille's not happy about this, because I guess in the time... Like, she was always going to stay in the human realm forever. She promised her mom that she would. What she's learning is that she needs to admit that she's going to do that. Yeah, but I, I feel like at some point in this time, like, in part of, like, the montage we don't get the context of, I feel like Camille's realized that Luz does fit better in the demon realm and sh- that she should stay with her friends rather than... Well, like, obviously, like, yeah, maybe... Absolutely. maybe it's like a, I'm just yeah. trying to say that that's not the lesson Luz learns. No, not as much. But, like... It is like it's her like trying to at least take some responsibility for what happened by being like I can't be trusted to be around them in the demon realm anymore because I keep fucking things up. But yeah, no, it's like it's very much like no, Camille knows that Luce should be around her friends and the people she cares about, even if that means she's like visiting the demon realm on just like weekends or something. But she should be allowed to. Weekend bomb over the over <laughs> the demon realm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we go back over to Lucy and Hunter looking for the blood, because there's still so much of this. Uh, Hunter stops when he's cut from earlier barbarism, and he takes out the band-aid that he has, only to find the bellows scoop is inside him now. That's not inside you are... And, like, say something. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, he doesn't. Inside you, there are two wolves. One is yourself, and one is your goop uncle. <laughs> I know. People have been making jokes about that in particular because of uh, Hunter's fascination with wolves. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, he, he, his eyes go blue again, and he sees Bellus in the distance again and chases after him. And Luz can't find him because he just runs off too much. And she's like, I can't find the blood either because Hunter has the Rebus. This is a hey, bad idea. why is this graveyard like this? What the fuck happened here? Uh, well, we're not there yet, <laughs> particularly. Uh, because she still has to figure out how they find the blood. And she's trying to think of an option. And she remembers about the plant glyph that burned for some reason because it's not a fire glyph and she also remembers that glyphs don't work in the human realm but she tested again with a light glyph and it produces a really small ball of light and she realizes that her proximity to the titan blood must be what's making the glyphs work so she just keeps following them getting stronger so find where the blood is so yay loose hat loose had a thought (laughs) loose had a good idea for once And she sure does have a magic infinite fanny pack because there's no way she could fit that many posters. I mean, yeah, no, she's pack. she's channeling Edith Hare here with that fanny pack. <laughs> she can carry whatever <laughs> she wants. Because as I mean, people say, oh, Eggie's probably just in there because Luce. I mean, Luce brings Eggie to school and all, so like, and also the like after school to her mom's clinic and all. So like, she probably just has Eggie in there because where Eggie would not be anywhere else, really. 
Yeah. Well, no, I'm just talking about how many glyphs she oh, uses. Yeah, no. that's, she has. That's too many. At least always just has tons of glyphs everywhere. She stores them in. Like, <laughs> it's it's like that bit where Sasha has like her takes off her boot and just like a whole mountain of knives falls out ahead of the dinner in Amphibia season two. That's just loose with glyphs. She just has them everywhere <laughs> somehow. But yes, uh, we go back real quick to the kids who are still not sure where Luce and Hunter went to, and Camille and V pull up in the car to ask them if like they've seen Luce and if she said anything weird. But V pulls out her phone to like use like a tracking device thing on it to find Luce's phone, which for some reason Luce's phone is programmed to display Luce's head. <laughs> <laughs> or location. Well, you can like. I know you can. I had to use one of those for my old job, and you could absolutely put avatars. Oh, okay. Trackers, it's it's so. just funny that it's just straight up Lucy's face. <laughs> it's just a, it's just like a like the app version of like what Lucy's face outline would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the, the the one my phone has, it's like the little whatever profile picture you're you have for the contact. So you know, it might actually uh, yeah. just yeah. be the picture, and they just. We live in a world where you can have, you know, transparent PNGs as your, you know, profile yeah. fixture. I, I, I thought you are going down the route of having no privacy because, like, the app that V has just says privacy shmivacy. <laughs> it's like God, quotation well, marks when it's activating. <laughs> that too. <laughs> That's just 2022 in a nutshell. Yeah. But yes, but then we arrive at the, the weird, like, flooded cemetery that you mentioned. <laughs> Because that's where the Lucy's glyph takes her to, and she reaches the separate island of it with an ice glyph and finds Hunter there. Not sure how Hunter got here before, because Flatback's not with him or anything, but he got here somehow. And he like doesn't like turn the face loose, but he like kind of weirdly and nonchalantly says he hasn't found the blood, and that Flapjack got scared off by something. So he says that she she go look for the blood while he looks for his palisman. And, of course, Luce doesn't, like, look at Hunter closely enough to see that the goop is covering the back of his head and his right arm. But she instead ends up finding Flapjack hiding behind a gravestone, cowering from Hunter. And Hunter walks over to her with Bellis' voice coming out of his mouth now at this point, remarking about how her glyphs are working. And growing a couple sprouts. of antlers out yep. of his head. He sure has goop <laughs> antlers spring out of his head. And, uh, ankle. Uh, antlers, <laughs> not ankles. <laughs> Whatever. Hello, with the Luce. way his I am with the way normal. his with the way his limbs work, uh, he might have ankle antlers, for well, you know. Because <laughs> his please, his arms definitely stretch weird ways. Please get within a murdering range, please. Thank you. I'm normal. <laughs> yeah, definitely a normal. It boy. is me, Hunter. Yes. <laughs> That's Your favorite me. Pokemon. <laughs> Scyther? Yes. Damn, guess it's Scyther. I guess it's Scyther. <laughs> Shit, it looks like it's Scyther. <laughs> but yes, uh, at that point they hear the others in the distance arriving and as uh, as uh, nobody came up with the name Hellos, because we didn't want to use anything like uh, Bell Hunter, because that just sounds too much like the bad uh, Hunter and Loose ship. So I'm oh, gonna no. call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call this amalgamation of them Hellos for the rest of this, just for the sake of it. And Hellos thanks her again for all the help that she's given him, and he tries to like basically go and slash her with a goop arm, but there's really more just for him to be able to like dig into the ground to retrieve the vial of Titan's blood. Which noticeably has. Oh no, this is a full on. He's trying to punch her head off. Uh, right that here. too, but also it's in like the process of also like reaching down to the dirt to get it. But 
the vial distinctly has an owl stopper in it. So <laughs> this brings up more questions of who hid this vial because like I think it's Evelyn who hid it, right? If it's like if we think if we go based on the fan theory that Evelyn is like Ida's ancestor, then it's like yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's it's most likely that she left it there as like an emergency case in like case in case like I guess maybe the door busted or whatever and she got stuck there. So I don't think I don't yeah, I don't I don't, like... I don't think Caleb could have potentially put it there with a the three owl stopper because he was you know. Smooching her and fucking her, I guess, as we also found out. But like, uh, like this does definitely wasn't throw Bella's. a wrench in our timeline. Mm-hmm. But I feel like probably what happened is that Evelyn was aware of this gate and took Caleb through here, mm-hmm. and then Philip somehow found a portal that dropped him in Eclipse Lake, and that the the portal door came later. Yeah, so I don't know, but that that, that, that makes the most sense that sounds to me. likely. And then like Evelyn left this file here just as a like precaution in case like the door got broken while she was in the human realm or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or Caleb left it, because Caleb would also probably potentially hide it with a owl stopper in it, considering that he was, you know, again, in a relationship with Evelyn. I feel like it's definitely not Bellows, though, who would have hit it, because I don't think he would have used an owl stopper. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, Luce uses a nice glyph to knock the vial out of his hand, and she tries to, like, fire more glyphs at him, but. Helos immediately knows that she's not actually trying to hurt Be- Hunter himself, because she's just in- intentionally missing. <laughs> oh, you're a weenie. Alright then, I can work <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but everybody else arrives to see that Hunter's possessed, and Helos takes the opportunity to gloat about how Luce was responsible for him being the Collector, because of course he has to take the moment to just gloat and reveal the messy secret. <laughs> And Luce, of course, panics, saying that she thought she was doing something good, and to which he retorts that he did do something good, because now he's reunited with his, like, lost, lost cause clone of his brother thing. <laughs> Whatever sort of actual relationship there is going on with these two, really. Which means that he can finish <laughs> his work of murdering all the witches, and tries to attack Will- Amity, Willow, and Gus to start. <laughs> Finally, I can finish my greatest passion, genocide. Uh, this is where the animation gets really good in the episode. Oh, yeah. Like, as, as soon as you see, like, uh, like, Hellas's like, arm movements, and, like, especially when he puts his hand to his chest, it's like, oh, this is when the animation's kicking off. There's gonna be a fight, <laughs> definitely. I mean, you knew it was gonna happen, but it's like, as soon as you see the animation go real crisp, it's like, alright, here we go. <laughs> but, yes, uh, Avani does not easily knocks away the goop arm that he sends at them, and they all take off on their staffs to fight him. Uh, Gus is, Gus, because Gus can't really actually properly fight against him, he just at least distracts him long enough to set up Willow to pin one of his arms to the ground, and then we get V to actually do something, because she just tries to Kirby eat this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, people, so many people have drawn fan art of her and Kirby doing the same, like, uh, sucking in, emo- like, motion, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> but it's like, it, this is also something people joked about for ages, like, well, Bellus is just a little goop monster, clearly V just could just pick up and man. eat him, right? <laughs> just a little yeah. goop man! Done. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he man- like he manages to at least like hold back enough to immediately and smartly target her because obviously you target the party support, not the fighters. You deal with the p- support first, <laughs> and like Madamini gets V off the safety to the other like shore, but the ice bridge that Lucid made earlier is destroying the process. And Hellas just easily knocks the three of them away just with one swipe afterwards, and Flapjack then offers himself to Luce to help out, and she just. To, like teleports over to him to grab onto him and begs for Hunter to try to fight back against him. But again, 
Helos does not take the opportunity to skew her loose here, instead just throws her off and grabs Flapjack in the process as Amity catches loose with some abomination goop and fixes the bridge in the process. And then we get the bad scene here where Helos knows that they wouldn't want him hurting their palisman but doesn't give a fuck and he skewers Flapjack with a goop claw, but we don't obviously see it because it's a kid's show, so they show it in like a shadowy like thing, thing where you see it happen but not directly. Yeah. yeah. And, but noticeably in the process, he refers to Flapjack as Evelyn, not Flapjack, or Caleb. Which probably indicates either that Flapjack was Evelyn's palisman, or that she made him in particular for Caleb. Yeah, I figure it's probably the latter. Pro probably, the, yeah. It's, the situation. I mean, especially because, like, I mean, they were adults at the time, ostensibly, so, like, <clears throat> Evelyn would have definitely had her own palisman, I'd assume. So she probably is the one who just made Flapjack for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little did we realize Flapjack was actually just a transmogrified Evelyn all along. Knowing this show, <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> like Caleb did something to save her or whatever before he got stabbed, even though we saw the flashback scene of her definitely lightning shooting lightning at Philip after he killed him. <laughs> I don't know. They could they could they could make, they could make it work somehow. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, at this, Hunter starts to break free Bellis' control, and he forces him to let go of Flapjack, who flees over to loose. And then Hunter punches himself in the face and tells Bellis to get the hell out of his life so he can do normal teenager stuff like go to Hexad and play Flyer Derby with his friends. But above all else, he wants to ensure that Bellis can never hurt anyone again, so he throws the vial of blood into the lake to force Bellis to throw them both into there and potentially drown, because I assume that neither Hunter nor Bellis know how to swim, I guess. <laughs> And also, it's very deep water. Yeah, they just die instantly the second they pretty, touch the Pretty water. much. They, 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 yeah, they don't spend any amount of time like, struggling. They just immediately close their eyes and it's like, well, I guess I'll die. <laughs> but yes. Uh, Camille goes and dives in after Hunter to bring him to safety, but as soon as she brings him ashore, the goop flees off his body because I guess he absorbed enough strength of will and magic from Hunter as well to be able to reconstitute himself fully into his monster goop form with the vial in his hands. And Bellis accuses Caleb of stabbing him in the back, but Luce rightfully retorted him that he did it first, because she knows this shit, she knows what happened. <laughs> and instead of it continuing to attack them, Bellos just instead smashes the vial against an archway that's in there on that part of the grave, uh, not the grave, the cemetery, which causes it to open the portal as the, like, blood activates it. I, I'm not... So here's what I'm... I'm not sure how this really necessarily works, because it's not like it, he's throwing it into water, as we know that it does work if 10 blood leaks in. I'm not, I guess mm -hmm. this archway must have some magic in it to be able to just activate with the time yeah, blood. Yeah, it's got to be built specifically for that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is specifically an archway of significance, because it does have the Gracefield, like, insignia on it, which is what Bellows just straight up used as part of the Emperor's Coven logo. But yeah. it's like, yeah, this has to be, like, this has to have been made. Well, not just the Emperor's Coven logo, it's also the symbol of the Golden Guard. Uh, that too, yeah. So it's like, it has to have been, like, this is, yeah, this has some latent magic in it, and it just needs time and blood to activate the portal. Yeah, I get the feeling this symbol is very specifically associated with Caleb. Yeah. So maybe he built this gate even, but... Could be. And I guess maybe we'll never find out, or we'll have to find out in a few months. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Bellos then wanders into it, saying that this is for the good of their souls and everything, and that they'll thank him later. And it's like, yes, we will definitely thank you for murdering the rest of all these kids' families that are back on the Boiling House. Uh-huh. Sure, asshole. <laughs> Not to mention the kids. Don't forget murdering them. Well, he, yeah, but he didn't succeed yet. <laughs> But he doesn't continue. Listen, he's not going to go to the Boiling Isles and murder every witch and then just leave three of them on Earth. Yeah, he'll come back for them. 
But it feels like his plan is literally, well, I guess this is time for me to directly murder every motherfucker because my plan failed and everybody everybody at the Boiling Out is definitely on site with me because <laughs> they all know I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but yes, but after that, uh, Willow tells everybody that Hunter's not moving and she after she asks if human doctors know anything about possession, which no, uh, Luce no, then lets... <laughs> yeah, but Luce lets slip that they wouldn't even really know anything about Grimwalkers, which of course... Ah, is... fuck. Ah, oh, goddammit. Which... oops a doops so, <laughs> so I see this more, not as much of, like, Luce revealing his secret, but more Hunter is literally potentially on death's door, and I need to say whatever is possible to try to potentially help him. I don't, I don't think it, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's her, like, obviously she's panicking, so I don't see it more just her being like, well, time to just say the secret, because he might be dead anyway. I see it, yeah, it's definitely more like she's starting to do whatever she can think of to potentially help him, if anybody knows anything about Grimwalkers, I guess. But they obviously <laughs> must know, because, like, Willow's reaction is like, she's like, oh, did, what, he's a Grimwalker? What? <laughs> like, she acts surprised, and it's like, she seems like she's heard the term before. Yeah, she like very upset by this yeah, term as well yeah which i mean hey it's like they didn't know this boy was a bunch of like monster parts and some palstrom wood <laughs> but while everybody's <laughs> discussing what to do flapjack like weekly flutters over the counter and just lets the rest of his like goop dissolve in the hunter to save him as he fades in the light and flapjack is the second character on the show to die but the first that's actually a protagonist <laughs> hey because the first was Adagas, and nobody gives a fuck about Adagas. <laughs> the, the, the Owl House wiki uh, actually forgot about Adagas, because at the time said Flapjack was the first character to die on the show, but then it had to be adjusted, being like, oh, wait, no, he's the first heroic character to die on the show. <laughs> at least I the first we see on screen, because obviously is. Caleb died at some point, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> He's he's yeah. he's the big like uh witch he's the wizard guy who calls himself a wizard in the very second episode. Yeah, it wasn't he technically loose. like part of like some sort of anglerfish bullshit. Oh, some, yeah, he was he was he was controlling a bunch of he was controlling a bunch of puppets to lure loose into thinking that he was the chosen one to get a like magic staff. It also a play to like try to lure Ida out because apparently they're competitors in like potion making. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then he does die yeah. on screen because Ida eats yep. him alive. After he shrunk down, Ida just totally eats that man. He's dead. <laughs> and Luce has no reaction. <laughs> she's she's been in the boiling house for all of like a day and a half at that point, and she's already like, "Yep, no, I'm used to it." <laughs> People who are the anyway, TV Anyway, Tibbles has died on screen. Discount Tibbles. Tibbles will not show up in the last two episodes. Don't you fucking say this. I know I'm already cursing myself because we already right. joked about this before about Tibbles uh, being dead, and then Tibbles showed up again. <laughs> I'm not saying he's gonna show up. I'm saying we saw him die twice, and you shouldn't not put him on your list of dead characters. Because he's still technically alive after that. <laughs> like if... Tibbles, yeah, Tibbles got knocked into a fucking wall by Abony's abomination fist, but he's still not dead. I feel like. What if the well, egg? Yeah, no, I don't believe hatches. that time three was enough to kill him. Yeah, no. Nah. What if the egg hatches and? It's Tibbles. Tibbles for the third appearance. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Tibbles I, I, is back, baby. Or fourth I, appearance. I would, I would legit end this podcast. We would not give a descriptor. I would just delete the Twitter. <laughs> this would be done. <laughs> no more. <laughs> just goodbye. Whatever show, show we're in the process of after, as we're doing that third special doesn't get finished. <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> Unfortunately for the listeners, I control the feed, so it'll just be me rambling for an hour or two. <laughs> well, I don't have to link to them on the Twitter because the Twitter will be gone. 
<laughs> you're just doing like a covert like trying to at me i'm changing my twitter handle every few days to try to throw you off so that you can't at me on the twitter <laughs> account oh yes we should get back to it because we're almost done uh da -da -da. where is it uh yeah hunter wakes up and he doesn't need to be told what happened he's he's already fully aware what Pat flatjack did and amity asks loose about what bella said and she admits that she's the one responsible for the day of unity because she helped him in time and stuff and she kept it a secret because she was obviously scared of what people would think of her and she tries to begin to say her plans to stay in the human realm, but Camilla interrupts them, saying that uh, instead she's going to go with them to the demon realm and help out, because she's a good mom, and she obviously wants Luz to be happy. And Amity <laughs> also like reaffirms Luz that like her continuing to fight for them is more than enough to show that Luz really regrets what she, happened, what she did. And Hunter backed him up too by saying that Bella's tricks everyone and would have simply gotten help from somebody else if it wasn't for Luz. But since it was loose, there's still somebody here to fight back, and that they should do so for Flapjack's sake, which he agrees to. But at that, they notice that the portal starts to fade, because again, I guess this isn't just like a full portal, it's just a temporary one with this archway. And Hunter goes in first, followed by Gus and Willow. But Amity stays behind long enough to repeat what Luce told her back in Knock Knock Knockin' on Hootie's door about how the future would be cool if Luce was a part of it, and gets her the promise to keep not keep secrets anymore, and hopefully that sticks this time. For like, the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then Amity walks through the portal after that, and V hands Camilla the baseball bat that she took with her too, because she plans to stay behind the cover for their disappearances, and since she's not ready to really go back to the demon realm just yet. And Camilla thanks <laughs> her for helping out and for everything. And she then asks if Luce is ready, and Luce, uh, and then she points out Luce's hat that fell off of her costume of Azura, and saying that the good witch always needs her hat, as it plays just a little nice heartwarming reiteration of or re, uh, remix of the end credits from season one and two <laughs> during that and with that the first special ends with them walking into the portal and v cursing the fact that Camille forgot to give her the car keys before leaving <laughs> it's a very it's a very weird contrast to the sad shit of flatjack dying to be like ah oh, shoot she didn't give me the keys <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. I think uh, that's the last note I have about this last sequence is that with that green fanny pack on, the uh, the Azura costume sure is also the gender queer flag. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be weird that they're essentially going into the final two episodes while wearing their Halloween outfits. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, the final I, I, two episodes. Like, yeah. at, at least Luz gets to spend them properly dressed up as the witch that she always wanted to be. It's cute. I'm oh, yeah. she didn't keep the wig, though. That would be a lot. Yeah, the, the, Luz wearing the wig is kind of strange. Like, I, I like her outfit otherwise, <laughs> but yeah, the green Azura hair is kind of strange with her, I guess. I don't know, it's, it's weird to think about, but like... And what's wrong it's with weird the hair? It it does, but it's like it's weird because like I'm into like the the wig that Amity has. Like I like that it covers like one eye and then it's like yeah, it's just it's just red hair and like red hair is at least like I don't wanna say normal, but it's like, you know, it's like a normalish hair color compared to green. <laughs> like There's nothing wrong with having green oh, hair. Yeah, no. Like that's that's not the issue here. It just looks really yeah, to have I, hairstyle I, I think it's this. I think it's just that like as a whole the green hair also stands in contrast to the white and blue coloration of the outfit for the most part. I I, it, 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 I guess it, yeah I guess it just kind of stands out compared to the rest. That might just be it. 
Uh, did we get any questions? Because I've talked a lot, and I still have, like, a whole page and a half of trivia to go through. Uh, <laughs> I regret to say that uh, we did not have any questions this week. In the future, if you have questions, you can send them to us at AsweirdosCast on Twitter or AsweirdosCast at gmail.com. Uh, we've got nothing. I'm sorry, Chloe, but it's all, all right. you to keep well, going. whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> I got a glass of water here. I'll be okay. All right. I'm going to try and knock through this as quickly as I could. Uh... Technically, we have some new voice actors in this. Because uh, Azura and the Duolingo Owl standard are both voiced by, and I apologize for butchering your name, uh, Anaris Kinones, who played uh, Rikla Kawai in Wonder Egg Priority. Don't watch that, it's really bad with trans people. Uh, is the voice of Kimberly in Street Fighter VI. Uh, Erica Genome Gen in Lycoris like, like Recoil, which I know people keep to like posting art about because apparently it's gay, I guess. Uh, Tama in AI, the Somnian Files, Nirvana Initiative, Yelena in Attack on Titan, Hinatsuru in Demon Slayer, Susan in Craig of the Creek, Rita in New Pokemon Snap, Mirko, right, the Bunny Lady in My Hero Academia, and Harriet in Ruby. Also don't watch that because Ruby Teeth sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucy is voiced by Carrie Walgreen, who we've covered previously because she also voices Amber, uh, Eberwolf. Villainous Lucy. Yeah, villainous Lucy, sorry. Because, <laughs> yeah, Carrie <laughs> Walgreen voices Amber, Eberwolf, the barista from the coffee shop that V went to, and a bunch of other minor characters that aren't named and listed. Uh, da -da -da. Where is it? Uh, the two unnamed teenagers are voiced by Matt Chapman, who plays the larger kid, uh, and while August Foreman played the teen with the nose piercings. Uh, obviously, we've covered Matt Chapman before. He voices like pretty much every background character ever in this show, and also Steve, yeah, I think. Yeah, strong man. Uh, August doesn't have any other voice acting, but they are a non-binary playwright who is also a trans advocate, which is pretty cool. And the two characters are also based off the staff members, Mike Austin and Bridget Underwood, respectively. Bridget Underwood also is non-binary and uses they them. That's why I had to bring it up at the time. Uh, this is something I saw just in the process. Apparently, Luce's teacher is named Mr. Sandoval, who is voiced by fellow staff member Steven Sandoval. I guess that's why they refer to this guy as Mr. Sandoval. <laughs> but yeah, just wanted to point it out. Oh, so he's based on a real-life supervillain. Yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, Masha's voice actor we have covered previously, as they are voiced by Grey Delise, who's voiced so many characters across both the show and she and a bunch of other stuff. Just wanted to throw them a bone because Masha technically finally got a name drop and they rule. <laughs> uh, more stuff I have here that's not related to voice actors. Hunter wears Rocco's shirt when they try their portal door replicant replication experiment. Uh, Willow, we've we uh, covered Willow wearing Mabel's shirt and Emily having the Vivian hat. Uh, we've covered the Luna Nova uniform, maze clothes, and Ness's outfit seen in the Magic Circle. Uh, also, Luce's Juliet costume from the first episode is seen in the basement early in the episode. Uh, we've covered Lucy's games on her laptop and the games and her handle. Uh, and she also has those posters of Rising 4 and Soul Lever. Yet. At one point during the video diary, she wears a shirt that looks like Super Mario Rubbers. And also in the pile of clothes that they're making their costumes from, we can see Sophie's outfit from Hal's Moving Castle and Tumbo from Kiki's Delivery Service in there as well. I never saw them, I'm just repeating what the wiki said. Uh, <laughs> da -da -da -da. Yes, obviously the sci-fi books are drawn from both Star Trek and Star Wars, since they've mentioned like a galaxy not so far away. Uh, we've already also mentioned that Hunter's character is allusion to Chief O'Brien, who was also married to a botanist, which the server hints at winter being a thing. 
Again, I don't. I'm not gonna say Hunt Low. I don't know why people collect on the Hunt Low and not Winter as chip name. Winter just sounds better. I'm using Winter. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, v has a billiards fireball as a phone charm, obviously alluding to her like designation as an experiment. Uh, also a Jack Skellington phone charm. Yeah. Just saying. Weirdly enough, Bellows doesn't realize she's a basilisk when she tries to drain him to help Hunter. She's not immediately like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, he doesn't do anything <laughs> about that. Maybe he will bring it up in the next two episodes, but probably not. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that he doesn't make mention of it. He does obviously know that she is the biggest threat at that point, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that he doesn't bring it up when he's the one that brought back her species. Uh, let's see. We've done the stuff about Lucy being Lucy's outfit. We've done villainous. Villainous Lucy. We've done the Charlie Brown shirt. <laughs> We've done the amphibia references. Uh, Hunter's Dinoland patch on the shir- one of the shirts that he sews is just exactly the Jurassic Park logo. We skipped over that. He also had a uh, buy pl- patch on one of the shirts at one point. He might just be sewing whatever he likes, but maybe Hunter's buy. We don't know. Uh, in the waiting room at the vet, we have another Untitled Goose Game reference because the list of like shame animals has a goose with a bell in its mouth, just like how we had the goose with a bell in its mouth as a palisman. In the wide child at the festival, somebody is dressed as Rarity. Just wanted to point that out because it's something that was there. Uh, interestingly enough, this episode premiered on the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month, which is another coincidence just like how it rained here the same night that King's Tide aired. So it rained both in fictional Connecticut and real Connecticut the same day. <laughs> and I also just want to throw a bone to the fact that people are joking about the would you still love me if I were a worm in reference to the Masha and V ship. <laughs> because it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, uh, turns out Europeans didn't colonize New England until 1620, not 1612 like Masha said. So... <laughs> Maybe. No, they just got here early. Yeah, maybe different. Yeah, no, I could have. But... <laughs> I wasn't paying super much attention during the like that bit, I guess. But yeah, like no, sure, as fair. someone who grew up in Plymouth County, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, seven years early, but whatever. Fictitious version. It could be earlier. Uh, I do have just one really other quick thing that's just funny because I went back and listened to the question that Aurora gave us back when we did King's Tide of what the fuck will happen in the specials because we got some stuff right, some stuff wrong, and some stuff partially correct. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, the stuff that we got partially correct is that the interruption would be on Earth and we got no glimpse of the Boiling Isles. Also, nobody joked at one point, there are at least five talismans on Earth, someone's gotta eat. So you did this. You did this, friend. You got Flapjack killed. It's on you. I don't accept any blame. Flapjack didn't get eaten. Close enough. It happened. Well, at least he tried to start eating that boy. Flapjack got away because Hunter fought back. But still, I just heard that and I immediately went, oh no. Uh, things got partially correct. They did return to the historic society, but had to steal all the demon realm shit that uh, Jacob Hawkins had. And the character did get possessed by Hunter, uh, I mean, uh, by Goop Bellows, but it was Hunter and not loose by the Collector, nor jokingly Bellows, as we fielded at one point. <laughs> Which, thank god, because Bellows again sounds too much like a bad ship name. And things we got incorrect. Uh, well, I guess also this is partially correct. We got no cute human realm date, even though we got pictures of it obviously happening. Uh, Kamiya, uh, yeah, well, I recover. Kamiya apparently didn't know Lucy's by, before, by beforehand, even though we thought she did. 
But that's it. We didn't have as many predictions because we were mostly just like, we don't know what the fuck could possibly happen in these episodes. <laughs> and fair enough, All we right. didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. <laughs> okay, well, I'm done that talking. Is that's a lot. This is our longest um, episode ever at this point. <laughs> we actually can bring it up. Yeah, back we're almost bit. at three hours. Yeah. So I think it's probably about time to cut it off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I um, talk too much. I'm not gonna plug my stuff this week. I don't feel like nah, it. Uh, I'm tired of talking. Jules, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Well, you can find us on our other podcasts over at Lupin Lottery, um, Half Rodma Therapy, and the Disc Course, uh, where we talk about Lupin the Third, Rodma One Half, and the Disc World series in order. Um, aside from that, I got a Patreon. Which I should really rename, because it does still say Holly, um, ho- uh, patreon.com slash hollypedelin. <coughs> but if you give me a dollar, you get access to my Discord, and that gives you access to stuff I'm working on uh, in, the, in the realm of fanfiction. And uh, podcasts, right? That's the, that's the other thing we all do. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah awesome uh aurora did you have anything you'd like um, to plug you can find me on twitter at casey cosmos turns out aurora borealis is a common name and it and, and someone would use it for a twitter handle so i am i'm still using casey cosmos but you can find my cat at casey's catmos and uh Perhaps look in the pipeline <laughs> at some point for Untitled Teenage Robot Podcast. My oh, life's oh, the teenage I... podcast. Yeah, something, something, <laughs> rusting in the rain, maybe. I don't know. It's it's nowhere near even being existing. But My pod is a teenage day. cast. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's in the ether. But it, 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 <laughs> one day it will form into a pod of cast, and the world will end as we know it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, all right. That's, that's well, all. I'd like to thank y'all very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a absolute pleasure to have you on the show, just truly, and uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'd like to apologize for it lasting almost three hours. I really should have seen this coming. We, That's we gotta be real. Was I was be, not expecting it to take this long. We knew it was gonna be an S tier, like like S tier length podcast though going in. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a, there's a lot, way. and also obviously once we figured out that there were gonna be twice as many people on, we knew it was gonna also be long just in general. <laughs> Still, uh, we didn't quite hit that mark. So before we run over time. I think there's not much left to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have to stick together.